Good afternoon, Red Deer. I'm so glad we got this hall. We were going to be in the other hall and it would have been standing room only and no one likes that. This way we can all sit down, we can enjoy the afternoon. Welcome to the Independence Party Alberta Road Tour for the Independence Party in combination with Let Freedom Reign Tour with Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson. We are here because we want an Alberta that is strong, free, and prosperous, with a government that has integrity, honesty, and is accountable to the people of Alberta. That is what the Independence Party stands for. At this moment, I'd like to introduce uh, or have Pastor Sean Ham come up and he's going to do a prayer for us to open it up. Man, you guys are a great crowd. This is awesome. So excited to see everybody here today. All right, let's pray as we start. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. Thank you that this is the day that the Lord has made and we will be real rejoice and be glad in it. Thank you for this great province of Alberta. Thank you for the province that you've given us that is full of rich resources such as oil and farming. And the best part about Alberta is the people. And Father, we thank you, Lord, for this province. We stand on guard for this province today. Father, we stand on guard for those that would want to take down our province, those that would want to destroy our province. Lord, we stand for truth, we stand for righteousness, and we stand for an Alberta that is strong and free, and we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you very much, Tom. Well, for those of you that don't know my name, my name is Carrie Lambert, and uh, I do this little podcast thing with Chris Scott from The Whistle Stop. It's called The Chris and Carrie Show. I don't know if anybody's watched it here. Thank you. Thanks for your support. Uh, this has been a long journey for me. I basically started, uh, you know, eyes closed as everybody else in terms of politics, and uh, I, I went out and voted every four years, and I thought that's kind of what it was. And I ended up getting uh, mixed up, I guess, if, if you want to call it that, in a bar purchasing a bar and, uh, and running it. Um, and we opened February 28th of 2020. That's not a very good time to open a bar. March 17th, we were shut down and, due to COVID. And it's been up and down and up and down and up and down. And eventually, I'm not gonna get the whole story, but eventually uh, we were shut down because we took a stance on masking. And it wasn't that we didn't want anybody to be masked. We, we took the stance on that we actually had three employees that, uh, that had to wear masks in order to be employed. So we thought we would push that envelope and see whether or not uh, this was actually constitutional, et cetera, et cetera. Well, the Alberta government didn't like that. They, uh, they quickly shut us down. The AHS came in, gave us closure notices. AGLC took away our liquor license. It's pretty tough to run a bar without a liquor license. Uh, City of Calgary came in and took away our business license and then they put pressure on our landlord to actually close the doors and take our keys. That is what the government is capable of doing. With an independent Alberta, I don't think the government would be able to do that. Amen. 
So that's kind of why I'm on this side here. So just to let you know a little bit about the Independence Party, it's also known as TIP, so if I happen to just say TIP, you'll know what, what I'm talking about. It's a grassroots party built by Albertans with no politicians at the table who are committed to giving all Albertans the opportunity to achieve freedom and prosperity through a referendum for independence. The Independence Party is the party in Alberta that has a policy to hold a referendum within the first year of being the majority elected, elected party. This is the party that was truly built for the people, by the people, there you go. These last few months and weeks have been very exciting. In September, we held TIP's leadership race, which not only was a lot of fun, but very inspirational. And we are so excited that our elected leader, Pastor Arthur Pulowski, who plans on draining the swamp in Alberta politics. So just so you know, the children from his parish made this. Yes, it is. It's a flag, obviously you can tell. And it's also a plunger for draining the swamp. <laughs> and it says, make Alberta great again. And I, I believe, yeah it is. It's signed by Art and it says, drain the swamp, Arthur Pulowski, and it's obviously got an Alberta flag on it. And I believe this is made with high quality Alberta wood. Just so you know, yeah. maple maybe? No, no, there's no maple trees in Alberta. Although maybe there's Manitoba maples. I'm not gonna go there. That's a completely different story. So we are actually doing a silent auction for this. And I believe the silent auction paper is back at the Independence Party table. So if you would like to, to do this, we've had thousands and thousands of dollars donated for this. Okay, a few hundred for sure, absolutely. Have you had thousands? Over two grand. So this, I, this is two grand's worth of, I'm keeping it then. It's, that's, that is awesome, it keeps getting donated back. So the, that's a story part of that I didn't know. So that's amazing. So anyways, if you wanna come up and touch it, take a picture with it, do whatever you want. It's up here right now. Make a bid on it, yes, go to the back, make a bid. Oh, she's gonna take it away from, oh, I missed my flag already. So the idea with that too is that you could also keep it if you wanted to and have a piece of history so when art becomes premier, you can show you that this was this is what I purchased in order to drain the swamp. There you go. So at this time, I'd like to tell you a little story about another Alberta leader in this party and his name is Bob Leon. Bob Leon is an Alberta advocate who believes in freedom and prosperity for all and is a man who puts the well-being and success of all Albertans first. He is proud Métis with ancestral ties that date back long ago in Alberta, Canada, and the U.S., with his fourth great-grandfather being Chief Black Powder, the last holdout to the signing of Treaty 6, a man who opposed the global elites of his time. Bob is co-founder and former president of the Alberta Prosperity Project. He chose to move from the educational organization of APP to what he realized was the best grassroots political vehicle of the day the Independence Party of Alberta, and sits as the Director of Strategy on the Provincial Board. He is an exceptional father of two young adults and has been married for 31 years to his wife, Dana. That, I did not know, 31 years. That's amazing. Clap, clap, clap. At this time, I'd like to welcome Mr. Bob Leon.
Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, everybody. Thank you all for being here today. What a great uh, turnout. We had a great day yesterday in uh, Calgary, a freedom event Rebel News put on, and it was an exceptional day. Really enjoyed the many, many conversations with freedom-loving Albertans and even people from Manitoba were there, so, yeah. I just wanted to say thanks to uh, all of our volunteers, as always, uh, without them, this movement wouldn't happen. And I just want to ask everybody to pray for our dear friend, Sharon Nolette. She's the uh, individual that's been organizing all these events, and she's in hospital right now in, in Fairview, Alberta, with pneumonia and some kidney issues. So please pray for our friend, Sharon. Thank you to uh, Chris and Laura Lynn and Dr. Mackis for being here and for Sean for saying the opening prayer. I, I gotta say this last uh, couple weeks for me have been heavy days. Uh, I've been lacking patience lately. Daniel Smith said her, her favorite movie was Groundhog Day. And to me, this is Groundhog Day all over again right now with what's going on in the UCP. So uh, Pastor Art's been a great mentor for me and patience. He's a very patient man that's been through a lot. And so we're, we're blessed to have him as our leader. The UCP of uh, being facetious here released their campaign slogan. You better vote for us. You don't want the NDP to win. But let's think about that for a second. It wasn't the NDP who beat Albertans into submission. But it was the NDP who cheered them on to beat us harder. The, the UCP ruled with an iron fist, without question. They locked up pastors, Alberta's fathers and sons. They muzzled our children. They forced vaccinated a lot of our friends family and neighbors who had no choice. That's very disturbing to me and that's why I walked away early on, on May 14th, 2020 from the UCP. I use the word disgusting when I talk about these politicians today for what they've done to us. It is truly disgusting. And there's another word I use today, treasonous. Yes. It's a treasonous betrayal. They've destroyed businesses, families, communities, and again, they hurt our children. And we know it's not over. We know that. So patients today in Alberta, waiting for organ transplant, are denied for not being vaccinated. Ambulance services for not being vaccinated. That's happening. Three Coots leaders Face 10 years in prison. Pastor Art faces a $100,000 fine, 10 years in prison, terrorism charges, and his crime? Giving a sermon in coots. Four Alberta men remain locked in prison. Fathers and sons were in contact now with their families. It's a heartbreaking story what's happening here in Alberta. And there's many other families caught up right now in this broken justice system in this province, living in hell on earth, trying to defend their children, trying to keep them safe. It's something that we need to come together on and fight back today. We don't need to wait to the election. We can do that today. Come together for these people and fight for them. 
Fight for our children. So what does Smith do in the UCP? I don't point the finger at one politician anymore. I learned my lesson with Jason Kenney. It's not just one. It's all of them, all 63, all 87 in Alberta MLAs and all the MPs that are letting this happen. So she reappoints Kenny's loyalist cabinet, all of them, the criminals, Chandro, Taves, Madhu, Coping, those who brutalized, forced vaccinated, and locked up pastors. She appoints another Hinshaw as a chief medical officer of health and Mark Joffe, I'm not even gonna call him a doctor, Mark Joffe, here's a quote. Go and get that third booster. If you're an Albertan who is not yet vaccinated, you should run, not walk to get vaccinated. So what's changed? Nothing, nothing has changed. The same betrayers who have murdered and destroyed our province are still in power. Nothing's changed. And they're welcoming this vile UN agenda, UN Agenda 2030, the globalists that want to restructure our free and democratic society. Our politicians are actively working with these individuals. We are living in a lawless land. Crimes against the people of Alberta have been committed, businesses, communities, and families destroyed. Voting for the lesser of those two evils is not an option. It's not. We need true voices of opposition in that legislature, not party puppets. Politicians swear allegiance and loyalty to a party, and they're whipped, literally, by a party whip, tells them how to vote. They don't, they're not our voice anymore like they're supposed to be. Statesmen, statesmen swear allegiance to the people, to the people they represent. The Independence Party of Alberta swears allegiance to the people, to you. This party is built for you. I know trust is hard to come by these days, but this is being built by Albertans for Albertans. A new way forward. TIP MLAs will be beholden to annual performance reviews, recall mechanisms at a local level, and term limits. We need to hold our politicians accountable locally without mercy. Without mercy. So getting us in, even a handful of TIP MLAs, into that legislature, so we can shine a light on the corruption. Open up the books. Have a look. They're doing everything in their power to stop these parties from gaining seats there. Absolutely. And in Alberta, it's all hands on deck for the conservative power, power structure of Canada. They cannot afford to lose this province. But they've never worked for us. They're not defending us anymore. So to truly push back on Ottawa and the globalists, we know, I think all of us in this room probably know by now, of the powerful leverage available to all of us in Alberta. Truly restoring freedom, justice, and prosperity in Alberta requires holding a referendum on independence. Even that simple act alone will send a message that we've had enough, that we're done. Quebec has had two referendums, and even though they weren't successful technically, they were successful. 
They absolutely were. So to, to do so requires holding a majority government, or at the least, holding enough seats to be the swing in a UCP minority. Can you imagine how much power that would be? On their own accord, no matter what these political operatives and politicians are telling you that the UCP will ever hold a referendum. Maybe they will, but it won't be, they won't be serious about it. Through the Clarity Act, there, it needs to be a clear question. And if you're not committed to holding our rightful referendum in independence, and if you say if you're of the UCP and they take that to the House of Commons, is this a clear question? They will say, no, try again. And what are the UCP going to do? They're going to play the game and keep on doing it and nothing will change. It is up to us to make sure that happens. It is up to us to get representatives in that legislature. And honestly, I, 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 I think about this. It'll be a great day in Alberta when we, the people of Alberta, hold that card in our hand and we get to say to Trudeau, to Ottawa, have a seat. We want to talk to you. And we want everything back, all of our rights and freedoms, all of our sovereignty, not just a little bit, all of it. So if we need to play that card, we play it and we need to be serious about it. My personal, my personal uh, perspective on this is to become a constitutional republic. That is where we really have a blank slate and can rewrite our future, which, which direction we want to go. So I speak often of my fourth great grandfather, Chief Black Powder, and my third great uncle, Chief Big Bear, both of those men. They were the whole last holdouts to the signing of Treaty 6. And they did fight hard against the politicians of their day. They sacrificed themselves. Dying, broken and betrayed men. But they did so without hesitation. For their people they did that, for the love of their people. And once a year we honor those who paid the ultimate sacrifice and selflessly fighting for freedom, justice, and prosperity. Over the last three years, I saw many who have sacrificed so much, spending time in jail, time away from families, courageously given it their all, defending the rights, freedoms, and dignity of all people. They are heroes, one and all, in my eyes, all of them. So for those whose lives were destroyed, for those who were forced vaccinated, for those who were imprisoned, for those who died, and for our children, for the devastation, death, and destruction of our people, of our land. There can be no amnesty for those who caused this travesty, none. There really can be no amnesty, only justice. And regarding this global agenda, this very disturbing, dystopian agenda, we must, with all of our passion and energy, oppose that with our heart and soul. If we do not, our children's future does not look so bright.
or hopeful. But there is hope today. As we travel around the province, we see people standing up. We see people wanting to hear the truth. There's a hunger for it now. People know something's wrong. Yeah? So it's our job to tell them. Spread the word. It's time to truly stand together and defend ourselves, Alberta. Stand together as one. And let's do this. God bless Alberta. God bless our home. Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much, Bob. Bob Leon again. It's great having leaders like that involved in the Independence Party, even though they're not politically leaders, right? These, that's the whole idea behind this grassroots. We just have people that are able to lead, to able to speak, and, 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 and get people involved. And that's really what we need to do is get people involved. So thank you. You guys deserve a round of applause just for coming out here today. Thank you so much for coming out. At this time, I'd like to call upon, you just saw him earlier, Sean Hamm, who's a counselor in Penhold, and he's also a pastor, and he's a very good friend of Pastor Art. So he would like to come up and tell you a few things. Sean Hamm. How's everybody doing? Wow, this is awesome. This is so good. Um, Bob, I met you at a meeting probably about a year ago. We were talking about change. And I met Pastor Archer at a rally in Calgary. And I had to chase him down. Uh, I'm a pastor and I was like, I want what he has. And so he was walking through the crowd and I was with my wife and some people and I, I disappeared. They didn't know where I went. And I ran after him and I just told him my story. And he's somebody that that I look up to as a pastor. He's somebody I look up to as a leader. And he's given me confidence to stand in boldness because I think if Pastor Archer can do it, then I can do it. And if I can do it, then you all can do it. And so the main reason why I'm supporting Pastor Archer and I think it's the main reason that all of you are here today, too. There is no politician this last three years that has stood against these subjective mandates. There's not one politician that has stood up in these last two to three years. The only one that has stood up is Pastor Archer Pulowski. And the part that has concerned me is politicians have spoken up when it's cool to speak up for freedom. After the Freedom Convoy went to Ottawa, a lot of politicians all of a sudden just start, started to speak up. But how many know you can tell, I'll use Pastor Archer's language, you could tell where the snakes are. It's easy to see who was true in this last three years, and it's easy to see who has stood, is it not? And so out of this last couple of years, the mandates that have come in, I'm a pastor, I saw the churches shut down over the last couple of years, and it was wrong that the churches closed in the first place. Yeah. 
The church doesn't respond to government. Government should be responding to the church. And so we planted a church in this last few months. See lots of our remnant family here. Um, <laughs> we planted a church because I said, there needs to be a church in Red Deer that is never going to close if mandates come in again, is never going to obey these stupid subjective mandates that have come in, that is never going to close out of fear. We need a place that's going to stand and that's going to teach people the principles that will help them to stand for rights and freedoms. Because as a pastor, I believe if people are solid in Jesus Christ and if they are solid in the word of God, then their foundation is strong and they're not easily shaken. And so my goal as a pastor is to equip people to be solid in their faith, solid in God's word. And if they're solid, they won't be swayed. This last few years, I've seen it all. I visited people in the hospital, countless people in the hospital. I visited a mother one day. She ran after me in the hallway. I, I, I didn't recognize her. She knew who I was. She ran after me and she said, Pastor Sean, you need to stop. And so I stopped. And I said, hi, I'm Sean, I introduced myself. And, and she said, I need you to pray for me today. She said, I found my daughter hanging by a rope. I ended up praying for her in the, in the hospital that day and 24 hours later, God ended up doing a miracle, which is amazing. Uh, and God healed her, she's perfectly fine today, by the way. But I've seen too many stories like that because of these subjective mandates that have destroyed our youth, that have destroyed people of all ages, really, all the way up to seniors that weren't allowed to see their grandchildren, weren't allowed to see their children. I visited in hospital with people that weren't allowed to have their spouses in the hospital. People had to die by themselves because of these subjective mandates the last couple of years. We saw restaurants close. We saw churches that had to shut down. We saw you couldn't travel anymore unless you had a Vax passport. We, we can't go back to that, Alberta. We can never go back to that again. But I wanna tell you something today, and it's, it's a lie in the political world, and I'm gonna call it out for what it is. There's no such thing as vote splitting. You either have a conservative party or you don't. And we have one conservative party in Alberta, and that's the Independence Party. If we do the same thing over and over again, what is the saying? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. I see Madhu has been appointed. I see Chandro has been appointed. I see all these people, Taves has been appointed. Taves sat on the Sky Palace and drank and ate with all the other politicians, including the Premier. Let's just call it for what it is. When everybody else wasn't allowed to be with family and friends, they sat up there arrogantly separating themselves from the people. And it's wrong and we, we can't stand for that. I was told a timeline, I'm gonna keep it as short as I can. I'm a pastor and a politician, that's tough, you know? <laughs> 
I want to leave you with this scripture as, we, as I end my part here today. I've been preaching this at our church, Galatians 5.1. It is for freedom. It is for freedom. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. So I want to say to you today, it is no accident that you're here. It is no accident that you were born for such a time as this. You are all born for such a time as this. It's up to you. It's up to me. Let's vote for freedom. Let's vote for Alberta. And let's take our province back. Love you all. Thank you so much, Shanahan. Such an inspirational saying. He mentioned about uh, having uh, Travis Tays and um, and Kenny up on the uh, the rooftop and doing the, uh, the the infamous Jamison's episode. So Chris Scott and I actually did the same picture, pretty much the same angle, on the top of the whistle stop. Two days later, <laughs> AHS calls us and says, "You guys can't be doing that." And we said, "Well, basically, we're we're just doing exactly what the uh, what the uh, Sky Palace did." The day later. Jason Kenny issued the apology. So if we can do something like that, you guys can certainly do something like that too. So I thought I'd share that story with you. Now right now I'd like to introduce Chris Schaefer. He's been teaching and conducting respirator fit tests for over 20 years. He has his own company, SafeCon Training Services Inc. And his clients include all levels of uh, government, including our military, healthcare providers, educational institutions and private industry, and a published author, and he's recognized authority on this subject. I met him, uh, the first time I met him, he actually came out and we did an illegal gathering at our bar in which we met a lot of people, and, uh, and ever since I've been able to call him my friend. So please welcome Chris Schaefer. I think I got this adjusted. <laughs> Is this about as high as it goes? It helped, yeah, well, you want to come here for one second? Just so, uh, I think it's going to stay like this, but maybe even a little higher is better. Better, thank you. So I want to thank uh, uh, the Independence Party for inviting me out to speak with you today. Um, it's a great honor to uh, unite with freedom fighters who I've totally uh, respect and uh, love to stand with uh, for the truth. And it's a, so it's an honor for me to be here. Thank you. Some of you uh, might know me. Um, or might know my work even better. And that is simply, uh, you know, when um, news started to come out that uh, people should wear 
a piece of cloth or a piece of paper with a couple ear loops in front of their mouth and nose as a recommendation from Dr. Hinshaw in early 2020 uh, as protection from the smallest pathogen on the planet, one in which you know you wouldn't even be able to identify or see at all unless you have one of the top 10 most powerful electron microscopes on the planet. Um, when the news started to come out and she started to recommend uh, to people that they should wear these uh, devices, I knew I had to speak out. And I had uh, spoken actually with Danielle Smith in uh, March of 2020, myself. Um, I had uh, reached out to her. She was an anchor on uh, 770 News in Calgary at the time. And I wanted to get the truth uh, based upon my uh, experience and credentials to the listeners, to the public. So I gave her, she wanted a, kind of a, a briefing of what I would talk about. So I sent that to her. She was good with it. She forwarded it to her producer. Her producer was good with it. And I was in Edmonton and I was waiting for the commercial break to be connected live. Uh, you know, because she'd already announced me, Chris Schaefer, we've got him coming up, he's respirator specialist, and he's going to tell you he has something to say about the current recommendation, because it wasn't mandated at that time, it was just a recommendation that people wear these as protection from them, for themselves and others from this coronavirus. So I'm waiting through the commercial break, and then after the commercial break, my line went dead. And I thought, well, you know, maybe it's an accident. And then I hear Danielle Smith on the other end saying, oh, our guest had to cancel. He's not going to be able to make it. As I heard on the radio. And uh, so I called back. Nothing. I knew what had happened. I kind of expected it in reality. Um, and I, uh, I called back, dead, dead. I, I sent an email to her, I sent an email to her producer, and I said, I know you did not pull the plug on this, but I have reserved my time, and I want to know who did, and I deserve to know who did. So please, find, please, Danielle, and the producer I said as well, please have whoever cut this, cut this program and denied me this opportunity and wasted my time to contact me before the end of the day with an explanation. So later on that day, around 5 p.m., I get a phone call. Station manager. Yeah, I'm the one who pulled the plug. I cut it. We can't have anyone on our radio show uh, questioning Leading, uh, giving anything or saying anything that would question uh, the official government directive on this issue. And I said, well, you guys are a, you guys are a freedom station. You know, you, uh, you're supposed to be an independent station. You're supposed to be a conservative-minded station that's going to present the hard facts and the hard truth 
This is the truth. I can prove it. I have the credentials and knowledge to prove it. And well, no, we can't have that. So I said, well, you know what? I do respect you for calling me and letting me know because I, I wanted, I, I deserved that explanation. And so that was about it. Now I didn't hear again from Danielle Smith for many, for, for, for about a year and a half. And I had spoken with her again, like about a year ago on some of these issues. And she had, um, she had actually, uh, uh, we had spoken and she had uh, said that she was gonna get uh, an interview for me uh, with uh, Western Standards. So she had contacted them and they actually did do an interview to get a, a piece out to the public. Uh, but in the meantime, I have been censored heavily everywhere. You know how it goes. You got the truth. You got the truth and nobody can question it. There's nobody, there's no doctor, there's no nurse, there's no scientist, there's no occupational health and safety specialist. Nobody can question and say that I'm not telling the truth. Nobody can because the truth stands alone. So I had immediately after that, I knew that uh, I was in a bigger game than this and I contacted uh, my clients and I told them, you know, what you're being told uh, is, is a lie and it's not true and I would not advise you to mandate it or recommend it for any of your staff. Well, that's a way to shoot your business, eh? Kill your business. So basically I lost about 95% of my clients with that move that I had gained over a lifetime in my profession. And, uh, you know, I knew, I knew that was gonna happen even before I did. I knew the risks, I knew that it was gonna happen. Uh, but you have to, uh, you still have to tell the truth. And I've always told the truth on this and I always will. Everyone who's speaking today has suffered and everybody has, has paid the price and we all need to be leaders. Uh, we all have our place to stand up and speak the truth. We are the power, the people are the power and there is no leader that has any power unless the people, like the only way a wicked leader can be in power is if the people, the good people, which are the majority, stay ignorant and complacent with that evil. That's the only way. So we all need to stand up. We all need to have our place. And I'm sure Independence Party. Would be more than happy to have 500 speakers with their leadership capabilities of the change they're making, not only in this province, but in this country and around this world, we all need to take our place and we all need to stand up and distinguish ourselves and sacrifice everything because until we do, nothing's really gonna change. So uh, things that I've done just briefly here is I, 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 uh, after the clients and everything, you know, still moving forward, I wrote a letter to Dr. Hinshaw, a formal open letter, four pages, in, uh, in uh, June of 2020, and uh, it was uh, published it online, uh, got a red receipt from Hinshaw, that's it, sent it to 23 other uh, public officials uh, in charge of public health in Alberta, got a few red receipts, that's about it. 
so I know that I know that they got it. Uh, I know that they've read it. Um, and then I was heavily censored for it online. So I thought, well, you know what? What do you do when you're censored? You put it in print. So what I did is I, I took the content of the letter and I put it in print where, you know, people can see it and they can keep it forever and it's just not going to disappear like when you see something online. So I have some brochures with me. They're a brochure format. It's actually my second letter. It's, uh, it's an updated version. Went to all of the, uh, the premiers and uh, national leaders across the country. Uh, and it's for you. It's really for the public because, like I said, the public has the change. You know, my wife is proud to admit, she says, you are the head of our family, but I am the neck. <laughs> and the neck moves the head. And it's true, you know, the politicians, they're the head, but we the people are the neck. And we, what we do and how we act determines who's in power in this country and in this province. And we have the power to make the change. We are the power, not them. And, and, and our leaders rely on us and we support the good leaders, the great leaders here. Arthur, I know him. I trust him. There's not a lot of leaders that I can say I trust at all. So I'm proud to I'm proud to uh, uh, support Arthur, and I know we I know his word, and I know how he speaks, and I know what he speaks over the last two years. So I'm proud to be here now. I will say that uh, this brochure, hey, grab some. I got some. I got an order of 20,000 that is at the printers because it's not over yet. It's not over. They're going to keep pushing it. They're going to keep mandating it. Workplaces, health, we know that. It's going to just get started here soon. So it's important we get these out to the public. Now, I do accept donations if you want to, to, for some of these because that's, that's how I print them. I print them just solely on, by donation money just goes right to printers. So if you want some, take a bunch. If you have some to donate, great. If not, that's okay. Just take some, make sure you get it out to your family, friends, and general public, the stores you shop, things like that, okay? One other thing I wanted to mention as well is another way that I wanted to reach the public with the truth on the hazards of these breathing barriers that aren't masks at all. They're breathing barriers and they're harmful for everyone at any time. And it doesn't matter if you're a nurse it doesn't matter if you're a doctor in an operating room, they cause hypoxia. There's numerous studies that prove that. They've always been hazardous to health and they always will be. Yeah. So I had a few inquiries about these. If you want one of these, just grab a brochure. I got an email address for contact there. Uh, if you want one of these t-shirts. So basically on this t-shirt here, just in conclusion, it just says, it shows an illustration of a breathing barrier and it says, these cause hypoxia. And then below that it says, hypoxia causes thrombosis. So hypoxia is insufficient oxygen. Thrombosis is a circulatory blood clots. 
And then it, on the below that, in a little smaller print, it says, do you know what else causes thrombosis? And there's an illustration of the COVID shot. Now that's not enough, you gotta have the proof. You make bold statements like that, you can't just say it, you gotta show people. So on the back I've got QR codes, each one links to an independent scientific study that proves. That proves the statement, these are scientific studies that prove each one of these statements is correct. And people can scan from a distance. You can walk into any crowded area. People don't have to confront you. People don't have to look at you. They scan you from their phones. I've worn one to all the big summer events. I've worn one in Nicaragua, Costa Rica. I wear them everywhere. And you know what? People are scanning them and they are stunned. Stunned. So if you really want to educate people in mass and you, they don't have to read anything, their own curiosity will get the best of them and they're going to use their phone from a distance of up to 30 feet. They're going, to, they're going to put it on the QR code and immediately that study will pop up on their phone showing them that this, these statements are correct. So if you want one, I'm at the back. Uh, I'm gonna be at the back so as not to distract the other speakers. I've got brochures and if you wanna put an order in for sure, by all means, just let me know and we'll take care of it that way. Thanks so much. Get this information out to the public. And uh, thanks again. I got to move this down. Always great to have Chris Schaefer here again, please. I, pre-COVID, I used to travel all over North America, and of course, obviously, I can't do that anymore. But I have been across Western Canada. I just got back from, uh, from Winnipeg for a week, and I'm shocked at how much they're bas back into masking again in Manitoba. Uh, but not just one, two masks. Two masks, two, two, two masks better than one. So, yeah, I love the idea. What a great idea. The QR code on the... I'm going to make QR codes for everything because everyone knows how to use them now. All right, I'm not going to get into that. I'm going to introduce Mr. William, um, William Mackis, and then I'm actually going to have uh, Laura Lynn play a quick video. Uh, Dr. William Mackis is an Edmonton radiologist and an oncologist recently making international news on his exposure of the deaths in Canadian doctors after the rollout of the shots. He actually came on our Chris and Kerry podcast and did an amazing um, uh, podcast. And so much so that he was then asked by the APP to do yet another webinar. Uh, so Chris Scott, watch that one. So if, you, if you're able to, please go on, uh, total plug for me, uh, thechrisandcarryshow.com. And there's links on there. There's also social media stuff. And you can even go on the Alberta Prosperity Project. I believe I can say that here because it is educational. I think uh, we're all about educational and, and this is the only way we're gonna grow the movement is to actually educate people on the importance of being independent and the importance of, of uh, getting away from uh, government tyranny. So at this point, I'm just gonna move the mic and stuff. I'm gonna get uh, Laura Lynn to, to play this. In Alberta, the number one cause of death, and I think it's over 3,000 deaths in the past year, is unknown. 
is unknown. That's the number one cause of death in Alberta. And who's investigating it? Nobody. Um, the Alberta Health Services uh, executives are, are ignoring it. In fact, um, I've been told that there has been a tremendous push to avoid autopsies altogether um, so that, you know, um, doctors are instructed not to conduct autopsies. Right. Um, the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Alberta is completely ignoring these uh, vaccine injuries and deaths. Now we've had, we've just had the College of Physicians and Surgeons in Ontario tell their doctors that, oh, if you have patients who don't want to take the COVID vaccine, you should consider putting them on psychiatric medication. And this is the College of Physicians and Surgeons of Ontario basically saying that people who don't want to take the COVID shot um, or are unvaccinated completely, that there might be something mentally wrong that they might need to be put on psychiatric medication. These are gross violations of medical ethics. Um, you know, this is just, I mean, you know, we've lost medical ethics in Canada completely. Um, you know, I tell people now that we live in a post-medical ethics world in Canada. Our healthcare has become completely captured by big pharma and, and really politics. And, and because the Trudeau government is in power and is pushing the mRNA vaccines and their production, um, you know, all the healthcare leaders in Canada have fallen in line uh, with this push by the federal liberal government. And with that, I'd like to introduce to you Dr. William Agus. Thank you very much. It's, a, it's an honor for me to, to be here and speak to you. Unfortunately, my topic is a little bit depressing, but it, it's information that we need to know. The number one cause of death in Alberta is unknown. 3,400 Albertans died last year of an unknown cause. We've been betrayed by our politicians. ND, uh, NDP and Rachel Notley no, are not asking to investigate this, what's causing these deaths. Jason Kenney and UCP are not asking uh, for an investigation to see what's causing these deaths. These deaths, 3,400, is up from 500 in 2019. In 2019, unknown cause of death was about 500 people. It's 3,400 now. No one is investigating it, not a single politician. Now, I'm sure many of you have heard of this term called sudden adult death syndrome. Sudden adult death syndrome didn't exist before the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccines. It didn't exist. When people died suddenly or unexpectedly, maybe one in 100,000, one in 500,000 had a congenital abnormality with their heart. They got a heart arrhythmia. They died suddenly and unexpectedly. It happened, it was extremely rare. Now it is extremely common. And I call it sudden death post COVID-19 vaccination. Yes, yes. That's what I call it. Now, the, what is the, how many Canadians do you think are fully up to date on their COVID-19 vaccines? 
Just just shout out some numbers. 50, 20, 25, 60. 60. Okay. Right now, only 20% of Canadians are up to date on their COVID-19 vaccine. That means only 20% of Canadians have taken a booster shot in the last six months. Only 15% of Canadians have taken a booster shot in the last four months. That includes the covalent booster. So Canadians have had enough of COVID-19 vaccines. Now, there is a group of young, healthy individuals who are fully vaccinated. Alberta Health Services claims that 99.9% of Alberta doctors are fully vaccinated. That means in order to be fully vaccinated as a doctor in Alberta, you have to have four COVID-19 vaccines. And some doctors have run and gotten their fifth COVID shot and they probably posted it on Twitter. Yeah. Now, the nurses, it's not as high as 99.9%. It might be 95%. I'm not sure of the exact number for nurses, but this is what Alberta Health Services is claiming. So Alberta doctors are fully, fully, fully vaccinated. They're the first ones to run to get their COVID booster shot, to get the new uh, bivalent shot, and so on. Now, since the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccines, 93 Young Canadian doctors have died suddenly or unexpectedly since the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccines. That number keeps going up. That number goes up every single day. The mortality, these are doctors who are in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. Some of them are very young, 32 years old, 40s, and so on. Doctors are dying at unprecedented rates. And again, no one wants to talk about it. No one wants to investigate it. The authorities are saying this is fake news, that this is misinformation, that these doctors are not being harmed by vaccines. They're just dying. They're just dying. Doctors have died all the time. And yet, when you look at the numbers, and we have the numbers, we now have a database of almost 2,000 doctors who've died in the past four years, and I can tell you, Older doctors are dying at about a 30% higher rate compared to the pre-vaccine rollout. This is in line with excess mortality figures we're seeing in all highly vaccinated countries. However, the younger you are, the worse it gets, the more likely you are to have died. Doctors under the age of 50 are dying at double the rate since the vaccine rollout. Doctors under 40, four to five times the rate, that's four, 500%. Doctors under 30, eight times the rate, 800% higher death rate compared to the pre-vaccine rollout. Now, it's not just doctors, and I get sort of flagged for saying, well, you're just focusing on doctors. It's happening to nurses. It's happening to paramedics. We lost two paramedics this summer, a 32-year-old Ontario paramedic. She's on a vacation in the States on her jet ski. She collapses on her jet ski, drops dead, cardiac arrest. 50-year-old paramedic, New Brunswick paramedic, collapses during his shift, cardiac arrest. We're losing, we're losing healthcare workers. This is happening to firemen, this is happening to police officers, this is happening to teachers. I've been, I've been attacked a lot by teachers. 
because I've been speaking up about NDP corruption, especially at Alberta Health Services. So I get hit a lot by teachers who don't like what I have to say about NDP. But I just recently got a message from an Alberta teacher, and I want to read it to you, because it really um, struck home with me as to what's happening right now. Okay, this teacher I'm, I will remain anonymous, Alberta teacher. Have you heard about vaccine injuries and deaths in the education sector, she says. In November, we lost a grade two student, grade two, and a 37-year-old teacher, sudden cardiac issue. At school, students with hives, asthma, and immune sickness, brand new after vaccination, parents have told me. In the education sector, no one dares to talk unless it's to attack anti-vaxxers. It's sad. I've kept quiet until now. Tonight, two more sudden deaths of people in my husband's circle, ages 23 and 47. And students opening up about how they can't think since they got the vaccine. I notice it at my school too. I feel helpless and I hurt for them. It's my first time reaching out to someone about this. Thanks for your response. It's the first time she reached out to anyone, she reached out to me. And so this is happening all over the place. This is not just happening to medicine, but medicine is the canary in the coal mine. These doctors, they're young, they're healthy adults, and they are fully vaccinated. They're much more vaccinated than the average Canadian. Like I said, only 20% of Canadians are fully vaccinated. 99.9% .9 of doctors are fully vaccinated. So what's killing the doctors? What's the cause of sudden adult death syndrome? And I'm gonna give you a brief sort of summary of what I feel is causing these deaths. And it basically boils down to four things. Two-thirds of these deaths seem to be cardiac arrests due to myocarditis, inflammation of the heart caused by the vaccine. That's about two-thirds of these deaths, sudden deaths. And you will see it, you will see, we see it in athletes, we see athletes dropping on the field. We hear about people dying in their sleep. I'll explain to you why that's happening. About 10% seem to be dying from blood clots. 10% seem to be dying from neurological injuries, seizures, prion disease, strokes, and even suicide. And then the last group, about 10% seem to be dying from turbo cancers. These are rapidly growing cancers that come out of nowhere and spread rapidly, metastasize and kill you in less than a year. Okay, so four things, I'm gonna go through them one by one. First, myocarditis. Myocarditis is inflammation of the heart. We've been lied repeatedly. I mean, we've been lied to by the health authorities about absolutely everything. But we've also been lied about to about myocarditis. We were told that when you get the injection, it goes into your shoulder and it stays there. It teaches your immune system, expresses the spike protein, teaches your immune system how to fight COVID-19. And then a few hours or a few days later, everything dissolves and you're fine. That's BS, that's nonsense. In reality, what happens is you get the injection. You've got these lipid nanoparticles with mRNA inside them. They get into your bloodstream. There's two ways they get into your bloodstream. Either the person injecting you hits a blood vessel, which happens in about 5% of cases. They do these injections so fast, they're not even drawing back on the syringe. 
They had a blood vessel, now you're getting these particles directly into your bloodstream. They go everywhere. They go to your heart, they go to your lungs, your kidneys, your liver, they go to the testes, they go to the ovaries. I'm not even gonna talk about fertility issues. Okay, but they go everywhere. Second, if they don't have a blood vessel, these lipid nanoparticles get into your lymphatic system. They get into your lymph nodes, they travel through your lymphatic channels, and as they travel through your lymphatic channels, they end up in the bloodstream anyways and then they get delivered all over your body. It's been found that mRNA can be detected in your bloodstream for several weeks after injection. It's just circulating. It's circulating, it's dumping the mRNA all over the place, and then you get spike protein expression everywhere. We find spike protein in the heart, we find spike protein in the brain, we find it in the liver, we find it in the bone marrow, we find it all over the place, okay? Spike protein can be detected in the bloodstream for several months after your COVID-19 injection. So let's talk about myocarditis. Myocarditis is when the spike protein is expressed in your heart, in your heart muscle, heart vessels, and it causes a massive inflammation. This inflammation is silent. Most people don't know that they have any kind of inflammation in the heart. It's called subclinical myocarditis. It's completely silent. You don't have symptoms. You don't have chest pain. You may have no symptoms at all. This inflammation causes small scars to develop on your heart, and then one day those scars will create an arrhythmia in your heart, an abnormal heart rhythm, ventricular tachycardia or ventricular fibrillation, and you have sudden cardiac death. So the first sign you may get from this subclinical myocarditis is you die in your sleep or you die while you're running, or you die while you're swimming. Three doctors have died this summer while they were swimming. Two, uh, one of them was a triathlete. Three doctors died while swimming. Two doctors died while they were running. One of them was an Olympic athlete. Two doctors have died while they were hiking. One doctor died while he was cross-country skiing. One doctor, cardiologist, 56 years old, in Quebec, died while he was in a cycling competition. He was an avid cyclist. 56 years old, dies in the middle of the cycling competition, okay? So what seems to be happening is when you have this inflammation of the heart, all it takes is a little spike of, of stress hormones, catecholamines, cortisol. A little spike of stress hormones seems to be the trigger for the fatal cardiac arrhythmia, which leads to the cardiac arrest and sudden death. Now, when do you get a spike in stress hormones? While you're exercising. Okay, the more intense the exercise, the bigger the spike of the stress hormones. You also get it in the early morning hours when your body is about to start waking up, 4 a.m., 5 a.m., 6 a.m., that's when you find these people collapsed in their bed or collapsed beside their bed. They've gone into an abnormal heart rhythm. You could try to do CPR, you could try to try a defibrillator. Most of the time, you cannot save them. There's a 38-year-old Scottish uh, mountain biker who had just won a world championship. He was all over the news. Two days later, he's sleeping. Now he's married to an Olympic cyclist. Um, he's sleeping, collapses in the early morning hours. She knows exactly what to do. She starts doing CPR. She calls the ambulance. They get in, defibrillator, everything. The guy's dead. Dead. Can't save him. Can't save him. So this myocarditis, now we've been told by the authorities, it's mild and it's rare. That's what we've been told. In fact, when you look at any research on the myocarditis, they'll always say, well, you know, it's one in 20,000 
it's mild, it's rare, and it affects teenage boys, and they get over it, and everybody's fine, right? Lies, this is all lies. Myocarditis is not rare, and as sure as hell isn't mild. It's very common, and I'll tell you just how common it might be. It might be as common as one in 30. One in 30 per injection, okay? One in 30, this comes out of two studies that have been published, one in Thailand where they tested young boys that had their second Pfizer dose. They tested them uh, within the first week of the second Pfizer dose. One in 30 had subclinical myocarditis. Most of them had no symptoms. No symptoms, just evidence of heart muscle injury. Second study done by a Swiss doctor, Christian Mueller, who tested 800 healthcare workers, tested their blood after their booster shot, uh, three days after they took their booster shot, he found one in 35 had elevated troponins, evidence of heart muscle injury, myocarditis. Again, most of them completely asymptomatic. So keep this number in mind. Up to one in 30 can have it. I, and, I, and I'd like to say not every case of myocarditis will turn into a sudden death, but any case can. It's a Russian roulette. It's basically luck of the draw. It affects young men the most, young athletic men, but women, it affects women also. That's another thing I want to drive home. It affects women, and women have peak incidence of myocarditis in their 40s and 50s, 45 to 55 years old. That's when you see women dropping dead of heart attacks, sudden cardiac arrests. For example, recently, Megan Kelly, Fox News reporter Megan Kelly, reported her 58-year-old sister had just dropped dead of a sudden heart attack unexpected. Okay, so those are two things to know. Uh, very important that you're aware that this risk is there. Your doctor will not tell you this. Your doctor will not tell you this risk. It's a risk for everybody, not just for young men. It's a risk for men of all ages and women of all ages. Now, there's one way you can protect yourself from this. If you've been vaccinated and you're worried about myocarditis and sudden cardiac death, and that's a supplement called taurine. This is the first time I'm talking about it. I, I've, I've run into this recently. I've had a discussion with a bunch of Spanish doctors about it. We're actually hoping to maybe get a, a, a review published to actually let people know about this. Taurine is an amino acid that's found in energy drinks, like Red Bull. Energy drinks is caffeine and taurine. Taurine is supposed to give you mental alertness. But what it really does, it seems to have very protective effects for the heart. It deals, it treats heart inflammation. And you know which country has the highest consumption of taurine? Japan. Taurine, there's high levels of taurine in seafood, octopus, squid, fish, all kinds of seafood. The Japanese have a very, very high, uh, very uh, 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 um, high levels of taurine intake because they eat a lot of seafood. And it's been discovered as one of the things, one of the nutrients that contributes to the Japanese people having such longevity that they have. They also have very, very low uh, cases of ischemic heart disease. And they also had very low mortality of COVID-19. And we're told it's because they love masks. Look, they mask up all the time. That's what, that's what the NDP doctors are telling us. That's what Twitter doctors are telling us. Look at these Japanese people, South Korean people, they love masks. They mask everywhere they go. They, they live in their masks. BS, it's not the masks. I'm not saying it's 100% it's the taurine, but that may be an element. 
So keep that in mind. Taurine is dirt cheap. No one will make any money off it. It's 10 bucks on Amazon for a big bottle um, as a supplement. No one else will, will tell you about it. Give yourself some protection. Give your loved ones some protection. T-A-U-R-I-N-E. Taurine. For now, it's easily accessible. It's dirt cheap. Okay, so that's one way to, to protect yourself. That's myocarditis. Second um, cause of death is blood clots. Now, how many of you have seen the movie Died Suddenly? Yeah. Well, that's a, good, that's a good number, at least half. So Died Suddenly is a great movie. I recommend it for everybody. My wife uh, wanted to see it while she was uh, eating supper. I said, you know what? <laughs> you know, maybe you don't want to be eating while you're watching this. Um, it's not a perfect movie. It's not a perfect movie, but... It's, it's a great visual and it's a great collection of information um, and I highly recommend it for anybody. Now, we get very bizarre blood clots with COVID-19, with a spike protein. Uh, these are not normal blood clots. You do get normal blood clots and you get lots of little micro clots, but you also get these weird like rubbery, long, grayish blood clots. They look like rubber bands or calamari. And sometimes, especially in the Died Suddenly movie, I'm going to spoil a part of it. They, there's one point where they're taking out this clot and they're just taking it out and taking it out. And it's long, it's several feet long. These clots aren't just blood clots. They have amyloid protein in them. God knows what else they have in them. People say graphene oxide, nan nanotechnology, what have you. Let's just stick with amyloid for now. Um, amyloid is a protein and, and it creates these fibrils. So it gives it this kind of a firm, rubbery consistency, and the body cannot break these clots down. The body actually cannot break these clots down. They've done studies, they've put blood, they've incubated it with the spike protein, and they found that the blood cells uh, start clumping almost immediately, and then you start getting these other proteins built into it, and you get these, these, you get these disgusting clots that the body cannot break down. Now, blood clots can kill you. You get a blood clot in the brain, kills you. You get blood clots in the, in the lungs, fatal. Blood clot in the heart, fatal. Okay, so blood clots can kill. You can protect yourself against blood clots. Again, I'm going to give you, there's, there's protease um, supplements you can buy, natokinase, serapeptase, lumbrokinase. I'm going to talk about the main one, natokinase. Natokinase breaks down blood clots, it breaks down amyloid clots, it breaks down these clots, it also breaks down the spike protein. Natokinase is made in Japan. It is derived from fermented soybeans. It's a supplement. It's a protease. It breaks down abnormal proteins, abnormal blood clots. And it's been shown to degrade the spike protein, degrade amyloid clots like this. They've done surveys on patients who complain of long COVID symptoms. And these patients who've taken natokinase, 70% of them report significant improvement in all kinds of symptoms, brain fog, fatigue, and so on. Okay? So that's another chance you can give yourself to protect yourself against things like this. Because your doctor's not going to tell you about these. In fact, the doctors are saying this is fake news. This is disinformation. These are normal, these are normal clots. These are normal clots post-mortem. Uh, post normal post-mortem clots. That's what the doctors are saying on Twitter right now. Natokinase, N-A-T-T-O, kinase, K-I-N-A-S-E. 20 bucks on Amazon, a bottle of it for last you many months.
Okay, again, I'm not here to sell supplements. I'm here to give advice on how you can protect yourself because your doctors won't protect you. They can't even protect themselves. And the politicians sure as hell won't protect you. Okay. Third, um, third cause of death is neurological injuries. Neurological injuries are the number one cause of post-vaccine injury. Number one cause. Most people don't know this. People think it's clots. People think it's myocarditis. It's not. Neurological is number one. We know that the spike protein gets in the brain. When it gets in the brain, it can cause all kinds of havoc. Once you get brain inflammation, you get all kinds of problems. You get uncontrollable movements in your limbs. You get seizures. Once you get a seizure, you can collapse. Those seizures can be fatal. Uh, we have a compilation. I just want to show you a quick little video of a compilation that was done by Mark Stein in the U.S. of what may be examples of such seizures. And then the final solution, uh, which is a year to two years off, is the vaccines. Doctors baffled by increase in sudden adult death syndrome. I mean, are they are they that stupid, or or are they uh, or are they they just feel oh we can't possibly connect all these dead young and middle-aged people over here with all these mass vaccinations over there? What what, what they must know surely? Yes, I don't think that they're stupid. I think that they think we are stupid, and I mean. They're kind of right. I mean, sudden adult death syndrome, really? Uh, this is basically the new one. We had a couple of months ago, right, when it was Christmas, they said, oh, there are a lot of people dying from heart attacks, and it might be uh, because of the, the Christmas trees in your house. Uh, I've seen headlines where they said, oh, it's climate change that now causes all of these heart attacks. I've seen post-pandemic stress disorder is causing heart attacks. These people are laughing at us. They think that we're stupid. And, you know, the thing is, I can't, I understand that a lot of people have trouble saying these things because, as you said, they will come after you when you try and uncover the truth. And also, it's very hard to speak out about the truth and say, hey, maybe we should call a spade a spade here, and two plus two is four, and the only thing that changed in the past couple of months is the fact that everyone took this vaccine. You can't say that because there are no real studies for these correlations, you know, we just have suddenly all of these extra deaths. And we know no, we have no idea why, but we do know that it's not the vaccine. That's the one thing that they can tell you for sure. And yet, despite the fact that we now essentially clinically tested the vaccine on billions of people worldwide. And sometimes when you see some of these collapses, you'll see people twitching. And then again, that is probably a seizure that has happened as a result of inflammation from the spike protein. Could be a clot as well, but more likely to be a seizure. Sometimes you will see videos of people looking as if, as if they're, they're turning around and they're seeing things. that They might be having hallucinations and they even start fighting against something. And then seconds later, they collapse and they have 
uncontrollable. Yes, there are a few hundred uh, commercial CMDS commercial vehicles. Yes. He says that there are 300 uh, commercial. Yeah, and the thing is, we're seeing more and more of these. There's more and more of these happening. There's TV reporters collapsing on air. Now imagine you get a seizure like this while you're driving. You're going to have a horrific car accident. Okay, two doctors died in horrific car accidents in broad daylight, 24 years old, 43 years old, and the other person who was involved in a car accident walked away, no injuries. Both doctors dead, okay? So uh, there was a doctor in the United States, 43 years old. He ran the WebMD website. Some of you may have con consulted the WebMD website. 43 years old, had a massive seizure, fully vaccinated, had a massive seizure, dropped dead. The last tweet that he posted was a picture of himself getting his one-year-old mRNA vaccinated. That was the last thing he ever posted online on Twitter. Very proud to get his one-year-old one mRNA vaccinated. So neurological injuries are very serious. You can get seizures, you can get prion-like disease. So there's a doctor in Vancouver that has just died after a very short, they say very short and courageous battle with Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, also known as prion disease, also known as mad cow disease. This is, a, this is a very terrible neurodegenerative disease, almost always fatal. Some people may develop prion disease post-vaccination. Dr. Luc Montagnier, who died recently and who was speaking out about vaccine injuries, had actually, before he died, published 26 cases of Creutzfeldt-Jakob disease, prion disease, uh, mad cow disease, right after the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccines. He died shortly after publishing this. And the last thing I want to say is, is, is in terms of neurological diseases is there is an increased incidence post-vaccination of psychiatric disorders, um, psychotic episodes, anxiety, and so on, which may lead to an increased risk of suicide. So we may actually see increased suicides. And if the person has been vaccinated, you have to put the vaccine as a suspect because we are seeing this, 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 this inflammation on the brain is causing all kinds of problems, including psychiatric problems. Last category of deaths happens in about 10% is the turbo cancers. Now, the turbo cancers, it's not a term I like to use. I like to use rapid cancers, but these are cancers that grow very, very rapidly, come out of nowhere, stage four in a few months, they kill you in less than a year. It's happened to a number of doctors. The one example I'll mention is 27-year-old Dr. Joshua Yoneda, UBC medical student, University of British Columbia. In his third year, he had to be fully vaccinated to rotate in the hospitals took his two doses, was perfectly fine. I spoke to his family, so they've given me a lot of information. Took two doses, about a month later, starts complaining of back pain. Back pain gets worse and worse. They do imaging, he's got a huge spinal cord tumor. Out of nowhere. Huge spinal cord tumor, they biopsy it, they say, oh, you know, it's not an aggressive cancer, you're lucky, we'll, we can, we'll operate, we'll treat it, you'll be fine. 
They operate it, pathology comes back, very rare, very aggressive, we have no treatment options for you. He died in a matter of months, didn't even graduate medical school. Okay, 27 years old. We're seeing a spike in cancers. How does it happen? It can happen with um, the, the mRNA vaccines are suppressing the immune system in many different ways. They suppress the immune cells like T cells, uh, killer cells, natural killer cells. Uh, the, immune, the part of the immune system that keeps cancers under check, that kills tumor cells, that kills mutated cells, some people lose this protection completely. And then if you've had cancer in the past, that cancer comes roaring back. Or you develop brand new cancers that are stage four in a matter of months. There's two doctors in Mississauga Hospital and Trillium System. Dr. Sawitsky, 36 years old, developed gastric cancer after two shots, stage four within a few months, dead in less than a year. A few days later, another doctor died in the same hospital. Dr. Lauren Siegel, 49 years old, after two shots, develops lung cancer, goes to stage four in a matter of months, dead in less than a year. They died within a few days of each other this summer. Okay, so be, please be aware of the risks of that as well. In terms of uh, protecting yourself from neurological injuries, NAC, N-acetylcysteine is a supplement that is a tremendous antioxidant and has a lot of applications for, for brain, treating inflammation in the brain. It's called NAC, N-acetylcysteine for long. It's an amino acid, again, costs 20 bucks on Amazon, look into it, research it, is a very, very powerful antioxidant and can treat brain issues. Um, it, it actually, it's been used to treat OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. Now it's being looked at to treat Alzheimer's. It's being looked at to treat Parkinson's disease. Guess what? FDA wants to ban it. FDA is looking for ways to ban it. There's a, there's a related supplement that they're already trying to ban and they're getting to NAC next. So anything that can protect you one way or another, they'll try to ban it. They don't want you to have access to anything that can help you, certainly with the vaccine injuries, okay? And in terms of cancers, how can you protect yourself? Get your vitamin D levels up. That's the number one thing you can do for yourself is get your vitamin D levels up. It's very, very good for your immune system. It strengthens your immune system. Then things like melatonin. Melatonin actually stimulates uh, a lot of your T-cell production. So you actually get this protection shield that you have against cancers and tumor cells. You actually get this protection shield, you get it back, or you get some of it back. Okay, high-dose melatonin. You guys know about things like quercetin. Uh, there's things like uh, olive leaf, olive leaf extract, vitamin C, uh, zinc, magnesium, selenium. You know, there's other things you can, you can you know, make yourself a cocktail of things, but there's certain things that you should um, give yourself an, an, an advantage. And, and I want to close, I want to close with this is that, as I said, don't expect doctors to help you or protect you because they cannot protect themselves. These doctors, the 93 doctors that died suddenly or unexpectedly, none of them expected to die. None of them, and I'm sure none of them would have taken the COVID vaccines if they knew there was even a small risk that they would die from the COVID vaccines, okay? So don't rely on your doctors. Doctors have betrayed us during the pandemic. Politicians have betrayed us during the pandemic. 
Rachel Notley and NDP still are proud of coming out last year and saying that they want to get medical teams and go door to door looking for people who haven't been vaccinated yet and they want to vaccinate them. Those posts are still up. She's still proud of it. Rachel Notley was cheering when AHS was firing unvaccinated nurses and healthcare workers and doctors. Notley was cheering it. And Jason Kenney and UCP were no better. Jason Kenney betrayed us during the pandemic. Jason Kenney allowed Notley's corrupt AHS executives to run the show. Verna Yu, she was a Notley friend from 2015. Notley gave her a $700,000 salary to run AHS for NDP, plus bonuses, plus bribes. Jason Kenney kept Verna Yu in power the entire pandemic. Why did we see AHS persecuting Christian pastors? Why did we see AHS persecuting cafe owners, restaurant owners, gym owners? That was all done by AHS. Those were not least people, and you know what Jason Kenney did? Absolutely nothing. Jason Kenney let them abuse Albertans, and a lot of those people are still there. A lot of those people are still in power. In fact, Mark Joffe, the replacement for Hinshaw, I'm telling you, he's 100 times worse than Hinshaw because he is a powerful AHS executive who, again, was given a $500,000 salary by Rachel Notley, a five-year contract. He ran, he was vice president of um, AHS Northern Zone. Then they, he became a vice president of cancer care. There's billions of dollars that go through AHS cancer care. Again, all managed by Notley, and for some inexplicable reason, Danielle Smith puts him to replace Hinshaw. Okay, absolute insanity. These are corrupt, corrupt individuals. Protect yourself, protect your children, and God bless you. Um, I will be happy to take questions at the end. I, don't want, I already took up too much time, but I'll be happy to take questions at the end. I'll, I'll, God bless you, take care. Dr. Mackis. On behalf of everyone here and everybody in Alberta, thank you so much for speaking out. How many of you just thought you were going to come and listen to a bunch of political speeches today? You know, this is, this is the, the, you know, the side that I, I really enjoy is actually spreading the word on what, is, what else is going on. It's not just, you know, the government's corrupt. Okay, we all, were, we all knew that. Even when we didn't know that, we knew that. But when you actually go a little further into the rabbit hole, you get to see exactly what's going on. So thank you again for, uh, for speaking out. Um, again, another little plug on the Chris and Carrie show. So we did a, uh, um, an interview with Dr. Peter McCullough, who's a car cardiologist down in uh, Dallas, and the same sort of thing. And we actually asked him about, yes, we talked about, you know, the people that were dying while sleeping and, and, and that sort of stuff. And we actually posed the question to him about the people that, uh, there seems to be a lot of people falling and, uh, and dying. There's a lot of people that are in car accidents and dying. And so Dr. Mack has just basically hit the nail on the head saying about the, uh, the neurologic, neurological, neuro, I have that, I have that problem. So I can't, I can't even say it. So 
The other thing we did, we did a, another little interview with uh, the Vax Justice bus, uh, just, just, Justice for the uh, Vaccinated tour bus that came through, and it's with Dr. Hoff and Dr. Malthouse from, uh, from Vancouver, and you can find out more going on their website. It's vaxjustice.org, uh, V-A-X-J-U-S-T-I-C-E.org, uh, and that's another thing. Right now, we're going to get into the politics part, I'm going to get uh, Vicki Bayford to come up here, who was the former leader of, uh, the t of TIP, and she's going to be talking about CA development, and I had no idea what even CA meant just a few, few months ago. But before I get her up here, I just want to tell her that, uh, that she's super cute and I love her. <laughs> she is also the hardest working, most amazing woman I know. She has the biggest heart. And she's an amazing karaoke singer. <laughs> Thank you, Bayford. Oh, these guys keep doing this to me. <laughs> Trying to come up here with a big, strong message, and then I'm going to start crying. So, no, um, I don't cry. Anyway, um, I just, I really just wanted to give out um, a big thank you to all of our volunteers back here. Without these guys, we couldn't do any of this. We have such an amazing team right now, and this team just keeps getting bigger and bigger because people like you come out, you show up, and you get involved. And this is where I want to get into the constituency associations. We need you. We need you to help build in your communities. The more hands we have, the faster we can reach this goal. Now, a lot of people will say, and I'm sure there's even a few people in this room right now that aren't 100% convinced that independence can happen. But what I've been seeing firsthand is that I know it can. You know, people are like, well, I, yeah, I have to vote for UCP because otherwise NDP will get in. We have to stop that. We have to start voting with our hearts and start voting for what we believe in. So what I'm gonna ask today is that you've been, if you have an hour of time a week, get involved in your constituency association. If you don't know what a constituency association is or what their job and their role is in a political party, it's to one, obviously, spread the message of the Independence Party and the message that we're trying to deliver out to the communities. But your number one goal is to find that person that's going to represent you in legislation when we win. You get to pick who's going to be accountable to you. And we truly are a grassroots movement. We're not just here to keep the politicians in that house accountable. We're here to keep each other accountable. We are trying to build a movement where we are self-reliant and self-sufficient. That we don't have to look at the government to save us. And this is what we have to stop doing. Like Dr. Mack has said, those people are never going to save us. We have to save ourselves. And that means getting involved in whatever way that is. Maybe so for some of you, maybe it isn't politics. Maybe it's just, you know, going out and feeding the poor, or maybe it's just getting involved in, in a local association in your community and just helping out those that are in need. 
but we do need your help. So I would ask um, that you find out if we do have a CA in your area. We are rapidly building CAs right now. I just, last week we, we founded three more uh, CAs in West Yellowhead, Grand Prairie, Wapiti, and Tabor Warner. Um, we do have Red Deer North and Red Deer South, the founding AGM, coming up on December 6th. At 6 p.m., we are starting the founding AGM for Red Deer North. And at 7.15 p.m., we're going to be uh, starting the founding AGM in the same location, uh, Radisson Hotel. Is it Radisson? Yes, thank you. <laughs> Radisson Hotel here, here in Red Deer, and that'll be Red Deer South. We'll start at 7.15. So I encourage you to get a membership, get involved, help vote in your board, step up to be on the board, or step up to be a candidate nominee. We need all of you and we need all hands on deck right now. Thank you very much. Oh, I guess I have to talk about the donations. Sorry, a little bit. So we do have um, uh, political donations. Obviously donations are important. You know, they help the, the party be able to put on events like this. It helps us get the message out clear so that we can get some advertising out there because as you know, uh, in the independence movement, it's really hard to get this message out because mainstream media does not want to cover this. They don't want to see how big this is getting because it's scary for them because they're going to lose control of the population pretty soon and we're going to start taking care of our own lives. So a political donation actually, believe it or not, the government likes to encourage you to donate to political institutions. Weird, hey? So they actually give pretty good tax credits. So up to a $200 tax credit, you're getting a 75% return on that donation. And then it, it goes up um, pretty significantly. You're not gonna get uh, the same type of tax uh, rebate that you do when you donate to other charities. Not saying that you shouldn't do that. I'm just saying you get a pretty good tax receipt. So up to $200, you're getting up to 75% of that money back in a tax rebate. And then as it goes up, it, I think it goes down to what, 50%? And at about $2,000. $2,400 and $1,000 back. Sorry? $2,400 yeah, $1,000 Yeah, so if you donate $2,400 up to, to a political party, you'll get up to $1,000 back, and then that's where it maxes out. But every person in Alberta can donate up to $4,300 per year to a combination of any political party, any candidate, whatever. So your max total for political contributions in Alberta, at, for an Alberta um, election is $4,300. So that's a combination of all your donations to all the parties you donate to, any candidates, everything. So just to be clear. So there is maximums, but it is a really good tax receipt um, if you're interested in that. And we do need your help in any way, shape or form that you can do, whether it's your time, whether it's your money, whether it's your hearts, we just, we just need you. So thank you very much. And I'm gonna hand this back over. Lost my place here, typical. Um, I understand that we do have some CA directors in the house. I would like you guys to stand up because you guys are the, the basically starting this and, and continuing it on in your constituency. So do we have any? I was told we did. There's one in the back. There you go. Thank you so much for all your work. 
And likewise, he will be staying. I'll tell him he has to stay at the uh, stay here. And if anybody wants to talk to him, by all means, at the end of the the event, please. And uh, Vicky will be doing the same thing. Um, and uh, the other thing I wanted to mention was memberships. So, how many people here actually have a membership already? That's amazing. And how many do not? I'm gonna totally. There you go. But you will by the end of today, right? It's twenty bucks. Twenty bucks for three years. Imagine how many coffees you could buy in that uh, three years with 20 bucks, like nothing. Um, that's less than, here, someone actually wrote down. It's less than $7 a year, and you only need to renew every three years, which uh, if we don't do this now, uh, we may not be around in three years. So that's, that's kind of the, the damage, so be, be wary of that. Please get your, uh, get your uh, membership. Um, and then since I'm on that topic too, we also have a bunch of merchandise in the back. All the merchandise, all the proceeds from that go towards doing events like this and, and getting the word out. The important thing is the brand, you know, the, the Independence Party brand. Be proud to show that. We have uh, hoodies, we have t-shirts, caps, stickers, flags, car flags, uh, and we also have that really, really big sign over in the corner there for only $55. That's, I don't even think the foam core is, that's, that's less than that. That's, uh, and now that's, I'm behind. And, and, back, and even this one here. So we've got a couple of different signs, uh, sign, sign, uh, sizes, I guess is the way it is. So at this time, I would like to introduce Laura Lynn Tyler Thompson. Yes. She is the former co-host of the 700 Club Canada, and she now has her own online show working with her husband to get the devil in the teeth every single day. Please welcome... Jordan. Hello, Red Deer. Welcome to the last days. It's going to be amazing. I intend to have the time of my life during this apocalypse because I have something they don't have. I have a righteous God who is a righteous judge who will not allow deception and lies to be un undone. It's going to be good. I'm just getting used to the new normal, which is that there's not, uh, there's not arrows on the floor anymore when I go to the mall. So I don't know if it's the same here. You're now allowed to walk any way you want, up and down the aisles. I mean, this is confusing to me. It's a, the, the doors are wide open. I like asking some of the store clerks, am I allowed to leave out the same door as I came in? Because a year and a half ago, you crazy people thought that was dangerous. What's going on? And, and what was it like here? Did you have the restaurants shut down? And I, I mean, at first we could all go, but we had to like walk to the, the table and then the virus wouldn't get you as long as you were seated. So you could take your mask off, you remember that? Just fascinating. And then it got a bit worse. All of a sudden, the unvaccinated aren't allowed to go to the restaurant. <laughs> This was personally debilitating to me and my husband. I mean, we, we love date night, right? You go, to the, you go to the restaurant, you get your steak and potatoes. 
because that wasn't happening at home. You know what I mean? And so, so this was how we got the romance. And suddenly we're not allowed to go to the restaurant. And this was okay with our other family members, our friends. Have y'all lost a few relationships in this? Is this like the greatest psyop of all time? And, and you got Dr. Mackis here telling the truth. You got Pastor Arter Pulowski sounding the alarm about what is happening because of his communistic roots. And then you got the rest of the world going, nothing's wrong. Everything's fine. I'm still getting Tim Hortons. I'm still able to go to, you know, you know, Starbucks anytime I want. I can still go get a car. I can't afford it any longer and I don't, I don't really have the money to drive the gas, but still everything's fine. It's all well. Uh, I don't know if you're like me, but back when it hit, do you remember that? So January, February, March of 2020, did you feel like something's really wrong, but I don't know what it is? And I remember going, like I started seeing a few people pushing back on the narrative. Remember all the videos that came out of China? People had blood dripping from their nose. They were falling over. People were like, you know, it seemed like they were exploding in the subways or something. And, and we were like, what's coming? You know, what is that? And we all know nothing gets out of China unless they want it to get out of China. So they wanted to put the spirit of fear over all of us. And I was fighting all of this and I heard a couple people on the, you know, on the YouTubes and they were starting to push some narrative back. Like this wasn't what they said. And I was walking through my condo and I'm like, but I know something's really wrong. Something is really wrong. And the thing was, I wasn't afraid of COVID. I wanted it. I was licking stuff, you know. <laughs> I, I, I wanted to take it on because I trusted in in this word right here, is it okay to have a Bible in a free country? Is it all right if I hold my Bible up? Okay, thank you very much. Uh, so I, I happen to believe in Psalms 91, that he will hide me under the shadow of his wing, that he will protect me, that, that the plague might come near their house, but it shall not come near my tent. And I ask you, anyone here had monkeypox? Want to admit it? That did not come near our tent, did it? So I started figuring out something a few years ago, and I'm going to tie this all in real fast because we want to get to Pastor uh, Archer Pulowski before he's demanded to be back because of his probation. Okay, so <laughs> isn't this the craziest thing in the world? We got all kinds of nut jobs out there killing people with their misinformation, like Dr. Teresa Tam who has disallowed the use of hydroxychloroquine and, hy uh, and ivermectin. I've been on hydroxychloroquine for 18 years. It, it is not a dangerous drug. I'm still here. So all of a sudden, Donald Trump mentions hydroxychloroquine and everybody's like, oh, it's a killer. It's going to kill you. You know, he's going to take your heart out or whatever. I, I knew something was wrong. What is wrong? You know, and I did say at that time to my husband, I have a feeling that something is, is, is gone that I felt secure about. I don't feel safe in my world anymore, but it's not COVID, something's wrong. I first uh, started discovering that the world was a little crazy when Soji came out. Do you guys remember that? Sexual orientation and gender identity. 
Now, I thought that was the worst thing that I was going to be fighting the rest of my life. I didn't know it was going to be depopulation. Now, some of you brought a friend and you said, we're just going to go to a little political rally. You didn't want to tell them too much about it. And they came because they feel sorry for you because you're their conspiracy theory friend, right? They even thought this might just be an Amway meeting, right? Because you weren't telling them nothing about what's going on. Now, your biggest surprise is that person today is you're going, oh my gosh, there's a whole room full of these people. Okay, well, I want to make your friend and turn them into the smartest person you've ever known by the end of this meeting. But here's the thing, when I started fighting Soji, how could they be telling, I thought it was one crazy teacher in Langley, that they were telling all the kids that they could be gender fluid. Now, I happen to believe that God made Adam and Eve and he said it was good and that any teacher or kind of curriculum that comes in and begins trying to confuse our children that we ought to stand against it so that it doesn't cause all kinds of problems in our world. So I wasn't going to be quiet on that. And you all know I won't go much into it, but it's, it's not just gender problems now. We got the furries. You know what the furries are? We've got kitty litter boxes going into our schools because crazy teachers and, and principals are buying so much into this and they're so afraid of, oh, you know, not being like woke that they've got kitty litter boxes going into the bathrooms so that the kids who represent as cats can now go to the bathroom in peace. But if the girls want to go to the bathroom in peace, no such thing. You're going to have a boy in there who identifies as a girl. I cry foul. Enough is enough. We're done with that. We're done with it. It shouldn't be happening. So what I was surprised at is I tried to shut it down in British Columbia where it started before you all saw it. Then I found out it's in Alberta, Saskatchewan, Manitoba, Ontario, Australia, New Zealand, the United States of America, the UK. And I'm like, huh? how did one crazy teacher in Langley get this teaching across the world? And we were not able to stop it. And then I found out something that Soros, you know that old guy? He invested millions of dollars into the transgender agenda going across the world. Does he look like a transgender? Does he look like he would believe in that, being from the old country of Hungary or wherever he came from? I don't think so. I once asked my mom, you know, she's 89, before she passed away, Mom, how many trans kids in your school? You know what she said? Trans what, dear? No idea. I don't know. Is it just the water? Or is it programmed indoctrination into confusing a nation? Is Soros part of something very big? I want to talk to you about, I, I, I want to hopefully as fast as I can educate you into the fact that there is a group of people who have decided that they are so wealthy
And they are so brilliant that they really don't need as many of us on the planet as, as we, you know, think that we need, like our families and friends and loved ones. And they have decided that they will make a few decisions for this world because they know what's best. After all, they have all the money. Soros is one of those guys. But there's another group. I'm sure you've heard of the WEF, right? All right. Do you know who started the WEF? Klaus Schwab, true. Who asked Klaus Schwab to start the WEF? The Club of Rome. The Club of Rome was founded in many decades ago in Rome. It was uh, the Rockefellers, the Rothschilds, and a whole bunch of guys who had a lot of money, and we became the kinds of pawns to them. I want to tie some things together so you understand. We are in the war of our lives. We cannot afford to be not aware of the schemes of the enemy. The people perish for lack of knowledge. So I want to show you a video right now. And uh, that's going to be slide two, so go ahead and put it on. It's that second guy there. That'll, so these are the sustainable development goals. I, I bet you've all heard just a little bit about that, right? The uh, United Nations uh, agenda. Well, the Club of Rome founded the WEF, has all of its pawns and, and its tentacles into the UN agenda as well. All of the UN agenda it has to do with quality education, gender equality, everything that we're dealing with, with with the climate change, all of it. See, at the time, I thought I was fighting just the gender thing. Now I understand that them trying to turn us all into, you know, AI uh, robots and, and everything that's happening in all of this digital, um, uh, digital, you know, stuff that they want to put into all of us, digital ID, the climate action, life below the water, life on land, affordable and clean energy. Don't we know that that is changing our lives right now, some of their decisions? Well, there was a guy from the Club of Rome. These are the people who at the foundation, they despise God, they despise humanity, and they've made choices. So for that person here, who you're here with that friend who's talked a little bit about depopulation, maybe showed you a Bill Gates clip. Well, I'd like to show you a clip from this fellow's name is Dennis Meadows, and he doesn't think there should be so many of us on the planet, and he says it out loud. But in one way or another, we are so far, globally, we are so far above the population and the consumption levels which can be supported by this planet that I know in one way or another it's going to come back down. So I don't hope to avoid that. Um, I hope that it can occur in a, a, a civil way, I, I, and I mean civil in a, in a special way, I, peaceful. Peace doesn't mean uh, that everybody's happy, but it means that conflict isn't solved through violence, through, through force, uh, but rather in other ways, and so uh, that's what I hope for. Um, that we can, I mean, the planet can support something like a billion people, maybe two billion, depending on how much liberty and how much material consumption you want to, to, to have. If you want more liberty, 
and more consumption, you have to have fewer people. And conversely, you can have more people. I mean, we could even have eight or nine billion, probably, if we have a very strong dictatorship, which is smart. It's, unfortunately, you never have smart dictatorships. They're always stupid. So, but if you had a smart dictatorship and a low standard of living, you can have it. But, but we want to have freedom and we want to have a high sentence. So we're going to have a billion people. And we're now at seven, so we have to get back down. I hope that this can be slow, relatively slow, and that it can be done in a way which is relatively equal, uh, you know, so that people share uh, the experience and they don't have a few rich, you know, trying to force everybody else to, to deal with it. So those are my hopes. I mean, these are pretty pessimistic hopes, you know, but um, that's, that's what lies ahead. That's what lies ahead, he says, with a straight face. Well, I have just one thing to say to Mr. Dennis Meadows. Your family first, pal. So these guys, along with Bill Gates, lots of people talk about depopulation. And you know what that encompasses? That encompasses all kinds of things. The trans agenda is a eugenics uh, effort. The, the euthanasia, everything that we're seeing going on in our medical system, including the vaccines. And I, um, okay, I'll, I'll go on to Yuval Noah Harari next. You can get that one ready. Uh, some of you have heard of this guy. You know, the Bible says in the last days that there are going to be prophets of doom. There will be people that predict. Now, this guy is about to say some of the stupidest, most inane uh, things that you've ever heard, but do not underestimate the power that he has been given because he is on 60 minutes He is listened to by every global leader. They call him the prophet What he says they believe is the way of the future He despises God again. He despises humanity and he speaks words that sound like they would come from the serpent himself in the Garden of Eden. This is not a man to take lightly. People have to pay a lot of money to hear him speak. And these are some of the things he has to say. And COVID is critical because this is what convinces people to accept, to legitimize total biometric surveillance. If we want to stop this epidemic, we need not just to monitor people, we need to monitor what's happening under their skin. What we have seen so far, it's corporations and governments collecting data about where we go, who we meet, what movies we watch. The next phase is the surveillance going under our skin. We now see mass surveillance systems established even in democratic countries which previously rejected them. And we also see a change in the nature of surveillance. Previously, surveillance was mainly above the skin. Now it's going under the skin. Governments want to know not just where we go or who we meet. Above all, they want to know what is happening under our skin. What's our body temperature? What's our blood pressure? What, what is our medical condition? Now humans are developing even bigger powers than ever before. We are really acquiring divine powers of creation and destruction. We are really upgrading humans into gods. 
We are requiring, for instance, the, the power to re-engineer life. Humans are now hackable animals. You know, the, the whole idea that humans have, you know, this, they, they have this soul or spirit and they have free will and nobody knows what's happening inside me. So whatever I choose, whether in the election or whether in the supermarket, this is my free will, that's over. I mean, all this story about Jesus rising from the dead and being the son of God, this is fake news. Exactly. See what's under his skin. So it might surprise you to know that God knew exactly who these people were. And in fact, he speaks of, of them. David himself spoke of the, the crazy people in the world. It says in Psalms 5, not a word from their mouth can be trusted. Their heart is filled with malice. Their throat is an open grave, and with their tongues they tell lies. Declare them guilty, O God. Let their intrigues be their downfall. Banish them for their many sins, for they have rebelled against you. But let all who take refuge in you be glad. Let them ever sing for joy. Spread your protection over them, for those who love your name may rejoice in you. Not be depressed in you, not be full of anxiety in you, but rejoice in God because these guys are going to have their day before the judgment seat. Surely, Lord, you bless the righteous and you surround them with your favor as with a shield. Did you hear what he said? Pretty similar to the serpent in the Garden of Eden when the serpent said, don't you want to be like God? They want to take away free will, which is why freedom is so important. Do you know why the whole world is trying to ban freedom? Because freedom was God's idea. God was so invested in freedom that he has actually given us the opportunity to reject him. How powerful is that? You don't marry somebody who doesn't want to marry you, do you? Unless you're a crazy control freak, right? We all dated someone like that. We didn't marry them, hopefully, or we had to deal with it later. But God is not like that. Do you know why this country is one of the greatest countries on earth as well as the United uh, States of America? Because these nations are founded on Judeo-Christian values. Now, if you're an atheist, don't get upset about that. Unless you want to try being an atheist in Syria or Iraq. You won't survive the day because you're not allowed to be an atheist there. If you want to have religion in China or North Korea, good luck with that. It could mean your life. Judeo-Christian values means that a country actually offers you the opportunity to live any way you want. Freedom was God's idea. Freedom to choose him or freedom to reject him. Everyone in this room, you might be one of those universe people, you know, you just know that there's a power and a force in the universe. You get to believe that and good luck with it. But you also get to be a Christian in this country and you get to live by those values that mean something to you. I'll tell you what's happened right now is you, they don't just want you to be 
um, tolerant. They want you to be loving, accepting, and inviting of perspectives and evil that you actually don't believe in because somehow their version of tolerance is to lose all of your godly values and to succumb your entire life into whatever they want us to live like. No, we say no, we will not do it. We say get out, get out, Pastor Art. All right, so this vaccine has come in and uh, Dr. Mackis ap aptly explained some of the things happening. I wanna show you a terrifying video. There's another one that my husband found uh, today and I just haven't had time to download. It's been very stressful doing all of this by myself. You have no idea. So I'm just glad it's gonna be over soon. So there's a video and, and there's a brand new one out that's hitting the, uh, the internet right now that's showing this same kind of phenomenon. This is a new phenomenon and it's happening across the world. And I believe that they have unleashed something purely demonic and evil and it is time to stand. Now, there are videos emerging of a terrifying new condition that's popping up all over the world. What you're looking at now is footage from security cameras that shows people suffering from the effects of some mysterious attack on their bodies. In every case, it follows the same pattern. The affected person stops what they're doing and looks around as if they hear something slowly turning their head. Then they start flailing their arms and legs, kicking and thrashing like they're fending off some invisible attacker. This is followed by collapsing on the ground in a convulsion, writhing and twisting in uncontrollable spasms. The incidents of this bizarre and frightening new malady have come out of nowhere, and now it's being captured by CCTVs around the world. Now, to be fair, it's not clear if this vaccine death spiral is linked to the CCP injections. But when you consider the alarming number of other gruesome side effects from this vaccine, it's not hard to believe. As far as we can tell, this has never been witnessed before. And if that's the case, then we have to consider what could be responsible. Now, let's think. What's the biggest new variable the world has seen in the last two years. Well, if you're not a brain-dead member of the branch Covidian Fauci cult, then the answer is simple. Nearly 70% of the world has submitted to the COVID injections. That's 5.3 billion people whose bodies are now struggling to adapt and overcome the so-called vaccine's toxic effects. So I don't know what that is, but we definitely have a problem. The enemy is a murderer from the beginning. This is actually not about trust Justin Trudeau or some of these world leaders that are acting as puppets and, and basically auditioning for their next job because that's what Justin Trudeau is doing. But what we have a problem with is we have a lack of courage. We have a pandemic of cowardice that has seized our nations. And we're going to have 
uh, an opportunity in the future to see if we can buck up on our courage because it's time to speak and to stand. Jeremiah and Ezekiel were given very direct instructions from God during times of war and crisis. They were told to stand to their speak, uh, feet. Stand to their feet and say what I tell you to say. They were told not to be afraid of people's faces. Isn't it really hard? Have you ever told somebody that you're not vaccinated and they kind of take a step back? So I take a step forward. <laughs> you know, when we weren't allowed in, in the restaurants and my husband and I had to go through all that, you know what? We just started going down to the restaurants, just staring in the window <laughs> and wondering when we would be worthy for that kind of thing. We're also afraid to speak, right? I've developed this elevator speech. I want to leave you with this. You don't have to have fights anymore, guys. We, we need to give up on those who will not listen. But there might be a few people that you can drop a little note here or there. I, I like to go down to an elevator and I don't know how high your skyscrapers get here in Red Deer, not, not too high, but you push the highest floor, okay? And you get in when someone's going in, usually they all say something about the weather or whatever. And of course, you've got to have your little phone with you, right, in your hand. And as you're going through, the, through your phone, you want to kind of, you know, let them know, well, you're feeling a little stressed. It is a nice day out and everything, but I am a bit stressed. Have you seen the VAERS reports? Thousands and thousands and thousands of people have actually died from getting the vaccine. I mean, and if you look in the UK, again, thousands and thousands of people. Have you heard of sudden adult death syndrome? People are just falling over. Tons of athletes, 93 doctors are actually dead. And Dr. Mackis says that it's going to be keep on counting. And have you heard about children? Three, over 300 and 50 kids have died from the vaccine on the VAERS reports, and none can really be said to have died of COVID. This terrifies me. Myocarditis, women are losing their babies. I mean, it's just, it's absolutely horrendous. You know, heart attacks just, you know, are up, you know, sky high, many, many percentage points higher. Is this your floor? Okay, have a nice day. That guy will never want to see you again. But if his face is turning ashen gray, you've done your job. You've saved a life. He's gonna go home and he's gonna be like, you know, Millie, I'm at the craziest broad in the elevator. I need you to cancel my appointment for my booster shot. And that's what we have to do. And I'll tell you what I'm real upset about. I sure like that pastor that got up and spoke here. That other guy, that dude, he's great, was up here. Yeah, I sure like you, because you know what? There's a whole lot of pastors that never had the courage you had. A whole lot of pastors who took bribes. They took bribes. They took money to put vaccine clinics into their basements. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you to Pastor Art. Thank you to those who stood. Because our country has fallen to greed. Our country has fallen. God bless you, sir. In British Columbia, they accepted money in order to run a vaccine clinic. We had to have the, Chris, the, uh, the Christmas vaccine pageant.
and the Chris for, 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 for the vaccinated and the Christmas pageant for the unvaccinated. And then we had churches asking that people would sit in their unvaccinated bubbles. And we've had key leaders in the world saying that Jesus would take the vaccine. They don't know my Jesus because Jesus is the greatest healer of all time. Jesus will heal COVID. Jesus will help people. He would never have taken a vaccine. It's insanity. We've lost our ever-loving minds. So I want to get into something right now. Uh, before I show this, I'm going to close off. I will say uh, that... Um, that we have a problem and I believe that the problem that we're facing is that there is an assault on those who have loved freedom. There is an assault on those who have stood for freedom. I count it a sincere honor that I was with the, uh, the Freedom Convoy 2022 all the way to Ottawa. I was there the whole time and I hid out in the hotel till everybody was gone. And then I walked the streets because they told me not to. I'm done with them. I'm done with them. It is our duty to stand and to speak in the face of this insanity. And they are going after the unvaccinated. The other night uh, we did a... I've been traveling with Dr. Mackis and others, and there was a man whose eye, uh, he got a detached retina. He went to the hospital. They said, you need emergency surgery or you could lose your eye. You will need to be vaccinated for this. That's in Ontario. I've heard of doctors now uh, saying that they will not have their clients be unvaccinated anymore. Listen, we can't take this in silence. Every time somebody says some some ridiculous ignorant thing to us about how the vaccines are saving anybody you need to talk back get three facts on your tongue that you are able to give them immediately and let them know that they don't want to appear to be stupid at the end of the day because history is going to show who is on the right side of this and that is going to be most of the people in this room I think I have a still shot there of uh, Matthew Good or the star. Yeah, the star. Uh, so, yeah. Okay, we'll go to him. We'll just do him. What we are very proud of now is the young generation, like uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, said we penetrate the cabinets. So yesterday I was at a, at a reception for Prime Trudeau and I would know that half of this cabinet or even more half of, uh, half of this cabinet are for or are actually young global leaders of the world. We're paying for the provincial vaccine passports to make sure that when someone comes into a restaurant, they'll know they won't be sitting beside a table of people who are unvaccinated. When you go into a gym, when you go to a movie theater, you need to know that if you've done the right things, you get to be safe. You get to be rewarded for having done the right things. That's what it's all about. And those people who still hesitate, who still resist, well, they won't get to enjoy the same things that those who've done their part for others. Uh, Canadians know that the way to get through this pandemic is for everyone to get vaccinated.
Justin Trudeau, who actually failed to disclose to any Canadian that the Canadian government gets a kickback for every one of the Pfizer and Moderna shots because Acuitas and Arbutus Pharmaceuticals, both out of British Columbia, are the ones that invented the lipid nanoparticle that is licensed to inject the pathogen into everybody. Canada wins every time there's a shot. You deserve a government that's going to continue to say, get vaccinated. And you know what? If you don't want to get vaccinated, that's your choice. But don't think you can get on a plane or a train besides vaccinated people and put them at risk. He was asked which country he most admired and referred to China. There's a level of, of uh, admiration I actually have for China. Um, because their you know, basic dictatorship is allowing them uh, to actually turn their economy around on a dime and say we need to go green as fast as we need to start you know, investing in solar. The small fringe minority of people who holding unacceptable uh, views uh, that they're expressing do not represent the views of Canadians. We are all Muslims in Canada. Are y'all Muslims here in Canada? Do you know who's really upset by that? The Sikhs, you know? I don't know what he's talking about, but what I wanted to show, now that was the hardest part of the night, okay? Seeing that. But I want to show you that something very evil is going on. When we have got people, okay, like here, we've got the Toronto Star. If an unvaccinated person catches it from someone who is vaccinated, boo-hoo, too bad. I have no empathy left for the willfully unvaccinated. Let them die. I honestly don't care if they die from COVID, not even a little bit. Unvaccinated patients do not deserve ICU beds. At this point, who cares? Stick the unvaccinated in a tent outside. We have people who need life-saving operations right now in Canada, despite the death count, despite what we know about the vaccine. It is a failed experiment. It does not prevent transmission. It does not prevent you from getting COVID. It does not prevent you from dying of COVID. This is a failed vaccine. And in fact, the efficacy rate of giving you any kind of immunity is now down to about three months. So you got to keep getting it every three to four months. And that's what they want to do because our prime minister has invented in, has invested in these vaccines. But I want to tell you something about uh, Rwanda and the Rwandan genocide. Before we go to the next clip, and you can actually push, push that button on this on the bottom. See this one right here? Yeah. And, and it'll just stop that for a second. So the Rwandan genocide, I was born a small white girl in Uganda, East Africa. And so I paid a lot of attention when the Rwanda Hutus and the Tutsis suddenly went against each other and killed each other. And all of the people were going down the, uh, the river um, in, a, in a genocide. And so the Hutus and the Tutsis lived side by side for decades. They watched each other's uh, children. They were friends. They, they, um, they hung out together side by side in community. I refuse to be a part of what is happening right now, where they are trying to segregate the unvaccinated from the vaccinated. I love my vaccinated family. Even though I don't understand what happened, I love them. 
I know you agree as well. We loved our we love our vaccinated friends. We know many of you might be vaccinated in this room. You did it for all kinds of reasons, and God bless you. And let me tell you something: a man was completely healed of the um, the the vaccine injuries that were showing up at one of my meetings as I prayed for him in the name of Jesus, because God is able to deal with vaccine injuries. Amen. But I think we have something very evil happening right now, and I'm going to uh, come to a close with this. I have one final video, actually, to show you. When the Hutus and the Tutsis lived side by side, what happened was there was one radio uh, program at one radio station, and they propagated hate day after day after day against the Tutsis. They called them cockroaches. They dehumanized them. And on one very bad day when, when someone evil said go, the Hutus picked up their axes and their machetes and they killed the men. They raped the women. They killed the children in front of the moms and dads. That happened in a society where they were together because someone propagated hate and it was not spoken out. I'll tell you, it's a bad day for anyone that tries to tell me that I should be vaccinated because I got a whole list of things to be telling them, including my doctor, who after I told him, uh, you know, that why, all the reasons that I'm not getting vaccinated, he called uh, a few days later to let me know I was delusional and he was taking his own time to let me know that uh, I needed help in understanding. I said, please, uh, by all means, keep speaking, tell me. And he kept going on about my feelings about this. And I said, could we talk about facts? Because I have a whole list of facts here that I'd like to give you, sir. I don't want to hear about feelings. I want to hear about facts. I started listing off uh, Israel, what they've come to, UK, some of the, the um, information from Dr. Mackis, from Dr. Peter McCullough. Before long, he had to go. He had to go and get his kid from soccer. Okay? We have to talk back. I think something evil is happening. I want to play you one clip, one of the most incredible interviews I've seen in a long time, Tucker Carlson. You all love him? Amazing. Tucker Carlson is a Christian. I believe he's a prophet. I believe that he stands up for what's right. If we do not speak at this hour, if we do not stand together, that is why I love the Independence uh, Party of Alberta, because these people are awakened. And that's not what I can say about any other party that's here in Alberta. And I know some people are doing good things. I appreciate what they're doing because they know the hour in which we are living. It is so important to get into community, to make your votes count for the people that know what's happening. This is an interview. I took out a very small clip of Matthias Desmond, and he's about to let you know what happens in a society. It's called mass formation and psychosis, and it's important we know this. Take a listen. The mass formation became stronger and stronger and stronger throughout the last few hundreds of years. And that's interesting because it's because the in, the in the first half of the 20th century, the masses became so strong that led by certain leaders, they could seize control of the state apparatus. And that's how totalitarian states emerge. Yes. Totalitarian states, Hannah Arendt says, are always a diabolic pact between the masses and their leaders. It's a diabolic pact between the masses and the leaders, and in this way, like a completely new kind of state emerges, which is completely different from a classical dictatorship. In a classical dictatorship, there is a small group of people, a dictatorial regime, who has such an aggressive potential that people are so scared of them that they can impose unilaterally their social contract to, the, to, the, to society. Yes. 
But the totalitarian state emerges in a completely different way. In a totalitarian state, there is first a process of mass formation, which is a process through which uh, a certain part of the population, usually about 30%, fanatically starts to believe in a certain ideology. And this phenomenon can be created uh, uh, artificially through indoctrination propaganda. And, and just pause, you think that number can be as low as 30%? Yes, usually it is not higher than 30%. Yes. That's scary. That's scary because, yes, but there is always 60 or 65% of the people who do not really go along with the narrative, but who will never speak out, who will always choose the easy way and go along with the people, with this group of people that seems to have the loudest voice. And that's why in the end, up to 95% or even sometimes even more, go along with, uh, with the totalitarian narrative, with the narrative that led to the mass formation. And there is then an additional 5% that doesn't go along with it, that tries to speak out. And, that, and that's extremely important. If you understand the mechanism of mass formation, if you really understand it, then you know what this small group should do. If it makes the wrong analysis, it will be destroyed in the end. The chance is very high that it will be destroyed. If it, makes the, if it starts from the correct analysis, it will survive. That's why it is so extremely important to understand how this mechanism works. Because I've just mentioned that mass formation makes individuals completely blind for everything that goes against what the group believes in. But there is two other characteristics that are also extremely important. And the first one is that when people are in the grip of mass formation, they seem to lose all awareness of their individual interests. They are prepared to radical, to radically self-sacrifice. That's extremely strange. And then the third characteristic, which is the most problematic, is that people in a mass formation become radically intolerant for dissonant voices. Yes. And in the ultimate stage of the mass formation, they will typically start to destroy everyone who doesn't go along with the masses, and they will do so as if it is their ethical duty to do so. To refer to the, friend, to the uh, revolution in Iran again, I was talking to this woman in Iran, Sharif um, Ishtali, this conversation is available on the internet, and she told me how she has seen with her own eyes how in the last stage of the mass formation, a mother reported her son to the state, how this mother hung the nose around the neck of her son when he was on the scaffold, and when he was hung, she claimed to be a heroine for what she had done. That's the end stage of mass formation. And this end stage... A mother killing her own son. Yeah. That's, and if you understand the mechanism, as I explain it in my book, The Psychology of Totalitarianism, it's perfectly logical why that happens. But, and that's why it is so extremely important. This last stage of mass formation can be prevented if the small group who doesn't go along with the mass formation makes the right choice. It has to make the right choice. It has, and then this choice has everything to do with whether it will choose to speak out or whether it will remain silent. If it doesn't speak out, it will be destroyed because the masses will move to the last stage. So it's just quintessential for this group to continue to speak out in a honest, sincere way. Pretty serious and a pretty good reason why we have to speak. So I leave you with this. I pray that you will join me in a righteous rebellion that you will join me in speaking and not being silent, in being courageous and not being a coward. Revelations talks about who doesn't make it to heaven. Of course there's the murderers, of course there's the thieves, but the first 
The first category listed in Revelations is the cowards. I ask you to choose not to be cowards and to speak and to stand and to refuse to bow in, at this time to these idols. God bless you. Thank you for having me. God bless the Independence Party of Canada. God bless. Orlin, Tyler Thompson right there, people. Pastor Art has to leave at 5 o'clock-ish in order for him to get back before 7 o'clock, back before his probation kicks in, believe it or not. So I'm going to get him up right in. I have a, like a two-minute spiel. I'm not even going to get into it because you all know Pastor Art. But what I will say is we are handing out... Uh, it, this was a free event, and thank you so much for coming out. But we are asking for donations, donations for Dr. Mackis and Laura Lynn in order to pay for her uh, for, for their food, their lodging, their gas, all that sort of stuff in order to get them here. And that's exactly what we want to do is to get more people like them to come out here and educate and spread the word on what, why we're doing what we're doing. So thank you very much. Right now, I'm just going to introduce Pastor Arthur Pulowski. I think for the past three years, that's pretty much how I would start my sermons. Wow. Every single week was wow. Either the Gestapo showed up or it didn't. It was always wow. So thank you so much for all the speakers. Wow. It was amazing. What a church we have today. And don't kid yourself, that's exactly what we have. This is a church. We are educating you on the truth that will eventually, if you take it, will save your life. And not just your life, but the life of your loved ones, neighbors, children, perhaps. So we are truly in a church service. I want to talk just a little bit about having too many people on earth. And of course, we are being bombarded by this left and right, the killers, or I should say the murderers, are lying to us, telling us that it's too many of us and there's not enough food for all of us and some have to go. And I talked to someone about this and he says, Art, do you know do you know that you can put every human being in Alaska alone and every person on earth that is alive today will have one acre of land for himself in just Alaska? This is a big fat lie. Because you see, those people are following the father of lies, the devil himself, and he hates you. I'll tell you why he hates you. Because God loves you. That's why. He hates you simply because God 
loves you. I, for the past few months, I, I can't help it, but I feel this excitement in the air, and I, I don't know if you feel the same thing. I believe we are making history. I truly believe that we have entered an era that will be written in the history books. We are doing the impossible. We're fighting the biggest guns that there are. We are fighting pharma. We are fighting globalism. We are fighting bloody murderers. We are fighting the most corrupted government I have ever seen. And, and trust me, believe me, I grew up in a messed up country behind the Iron Curtain under the boots of the Soviets in Poland. We're fighting the biggest money that there are on earth. But then God comes back to me and he reminds me something that I from time to time forget. He says, all the silver and all the gold belongs to me. All the cattle on the thousand hills. You see, in the end of the day, David never stood the chance. In the end of the day, David lost before he even showed up. And that's the story of when we are trying to tackle the giant on our own strength. But when he came to face the giant, he was not by himself. And I remember God once told me when I was overwhelmed and, you know, people come to me left and right and they would say, you're a hero, you're such a courageous man. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you have no idea what I went through. You have no idea how many times I wanted to throw a towel. How many times I said, to my wife, let's sell everything we have and just go somewhere, move, escape, run away. But you see, God spoke to me and he said, Art, remember this. Never forget that. You and me, we are always the majority. Amen. You see, in the end of the day, In the end of the day, when God is for us, who can be against us? You see, David didn't show up with money. He even tried the armor of the cowardly king. And he took the coward sword. But he just, it was not his anointing. It was not for him to carry somebody else's armor and somebody you know, else's sword. His anointing was to be a shepherd. A shepherd of God's people and that was his anointing and God has given him a stick he has given him a stick and a slingshot and when he faced the giant he faced the giant with what God has given him today you are the stick you are the smooth stone you are the slingshot and I'm telling you if Albertans will grasp this this hope that God has given us, this window of opportunity, if you will, it's impossible for us to lose. We're going to win. Actually, let me say it this way. We already won. The enemy just doesn't know it yet. He faces the giant and the giant lies. I love that part. The devil and those that follow him through the Castro and his minions and all those. You know what? We have been talking about monkeypox, right? And I'm thinking, I'm still looking. I'm looking for the monkeypox. I mean, I'm curious. I'm a curious monkey, if you will. So I, 
I have been looking for the monkeypox. And then finally, I have found it in the legislature. <laughs> there are so many monkeys over there, I'm telling you, wherever you go, there's monkeys swinging from the rooftops. And then when you look towards the parliament, I mean, every, almost every person that comes in and comes out is a monkeypox. <laughs> and the biggest of them all, it was hurting. You were hurting me by keeping this fella <laughs> on the screen. And I said, why are you tormenting us for such a so long, for such a, such a long time? But that's an arc monkey <laughs> following other monkeys in a zoo. And they want you to play along. Yeah. You see, the virus of today, they look at you and to them you're just a social insurance number. That's why they muzzled you because they said, hey, a person with a muzzle has no identity. A person with a muzzle has has no say. In other words, what they were telling you, your voice doesn't matter. Your identity doesn't matter. You're just a social insurance number. And what I'm trying to say is that what they've done, they tried to turn free people. They were born free in the image of God Almighty into slaves. And so many people went along. And I could not understand, and to this day, I still do not understand why. Because there's something deep, maybe because I'm Polish. And believe it or not, I really believe that David was a Polish emigrant in Israel. <laughs> I really believe that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were Polish emigrants. You know, I, I really think that maybe they were a mixture with Irish and Scottish a little bit. But they were for sure Polish emigrants. Daniel, I can tell you for a fact he was a Polish immigrant. Because he did what I would do. You're telling me not to pray, I'll pray even more. I'll open the windows for the whole world to see. Remember when they canceled Christmas and they told you, they've told me that if you have family in your house, they're going to send police and, and we will be arrested. Remember that time? They will be patrolling the streets and they're going to look if we have more cars in front of a house. So what I did, and Dave, Dave, my friend, Dave Hughes is here, he can testify. And what I did, I invited everyone that I could, including my family, for the biggest dinner I could fit in my house. Yeah. And then what I did, I did what I always do. I took a picture and sent it to them. <laughs> Come and get me. If that's what you want, and they did. They did. <laughs> However, if the Philistine giants, if the Philistines knew what we know now, they would never show up for a fight. If they knew that coming to fight God's children was their end, they would never try it. They would never do it. We know the stories. We know that every single time that good men and good women rise up. And that's exactly what we're doing right now. I mean, do you think that this party stands a chance on its own? Never. David didn't stand a chance on his own. But God was backing him up. And with God, you cannot lose. 
If only the enemy knew that putting me in a solitary confinement, taking me to the metal cages like a dog, dragging me from my cell to another cell, a concrete one without water and washroom, stripping me naked in front of other people, women including, if they only knew that by doing this, they're going to force me to say yes to God and his plan for my life, they would never done it. They would never done it. When David came to see the giant, you know what the giant was? Giant was an opportunity. It was just an obstacle. Behind that mountain of difficulties was David's destiny. Instead of running from the giants, we should do what David did. We should run towards the giants and strike them and finish the job with their own weapons. Take the sword of the giant, chop his head off, finish the job. That's why we need to take political arena. We need to take educational system. We need to take what's rightfully ours. We have to use the weapons of the enemies against the enemy's own head. Sir Walter Scott said those words, without courage, there cannot be truth. And without truth, there can be no other virtue. So there is one truth that is unshakable, unmovable, and it's God's truth. You see, we're not separatists. I'm not. And I know that some people are ticked off by me wearing a Canadian flag. I'm a super patriotic dude. Actually, since the very beginning, the first thing I did when we bought a house, I put the flag. And it's still there, flopping in the wind, in the wind, Canadian flag. Because I love my country. I love this land. We're not separatists. The East has divorced us. They walked away from us a long time ago. What we simply want is freedom, independence. You know what it says here? It says here, freedom. When you have freedom, you have prosperity. When you have freedom, you have opportunity. What we have seen in the past few years is the biggest attack on our freedom. Why? Because what they have been doing was the biggest elimination of opposition or middle class, if you will, ever seen on this side of eternity. So here is the truth. This nation was built on the Word of God. The people that came here came with a dream. I came here with a dream. Freedom, prosperity, family, future, home, new world without persecution. So I want to do something that I'm sure will tick some people off and that's fine. Believe it or not, I am still... Pastor Art Pulaski, it's, it's my gift to take people off. My mom called me and she says, I see because she's following me on Facebook. She says, I still, I still see that you're yapping. <laughs> I said, yes, mom, I'm still yapping. Well, it looks like it's your gift. <laughs> yeah, it looks that way. Well, then keep yapping. And being a good son, here I am. I keep yapping. So I'm going to do something that may stir your hearts. 
But I truly believe that God has given us an opportunity, a historic opportunity to have our independence. How are we going to achieve it? So first thing, let me tell you what we want to do, what we represent, and how we are going to do it. Well, first of all, we're going to bring justice back to the justice system. We will. We will elect judges, not appoint them. Because the moment you appoint someone, that someone works for those that appoint them. Our chief of police are appointed by the mayors, therefore they don't serve the people, they work for the politicians. They protect and serve the politicians. The judges don't work for the justice system, they don't work for law and order, they don't work for the criminal code of Canada. I mean, the past three years have proven to us that they don't. They work for the politicians. They do what the politicians are telling them to do. We need constitutional sheriffs that are elected by the communities. People that you know, people that you know where they live, they, you know their families, you know their history, not some artificial people that no one actually knows. They're like, who are you? It could be a Mickey Mouse that is passing stuff or Donald Duck. I mean, who knows who those people are? We need to bring justice back to the communities. And it starts here. We can talk about whole nation. I was asked to run for the member of parliament and I was asked multiple times. I was actually approached multiple times that they were begging me to run. And I said, no, because if we will not do this the right way in our own backyard, how can we tackle the nation if we cannot even tackle our own home? right here, Alberta. I believe that if, with your support, if you join, if you sign up, if you spread the message all across this great home of ours, Alberta, I believe we can do it. Now imagine, just for a second, imagine a person like me yapping at the legislature. <laughs> imagine a person like me having my foot in a door and just not allowing them to be kicked out. Imagine what kind of chaos this would bring in the Philistines, the uncircumcised armies come that would bring. I think that's why they came to me multiple times already bribing me. They came offering me great jobs, good money, they offered me even a guaranteed seat if I will only join them. Well, here I am telling you what I have been saying for the past 150 years. I'm not for sale. I'm not for sale. I have been already bought by the precious blood of Jesus. Now imagine a politician that doesn't want to be a politician. ...released into a home arrest because they said that I'm super dangerous. So from 7 p.m. to 7 a.m. I somehow activate and I become crazy dangerous. 
Uh, after 7 a.m. I'm okay. Maybe before coffee I'm okay. And after 7 p.m. I'm a little bit grumpy. I don't know. So I want to read something to you with a little bit of addition, if I may. It's just a reminder. Reminder to you, to me, to, to our hearts that this nation was, in fact, built on Judeo-Christian values, and this is our home, native land, that this, this nation of ours was built by people just like you and me that just wanted to be free. They wanted to be free to worship their God in their own way and to be left alone and to work hard and achieve something beautiful and give a heritage to their children and grandchildren. O Canada, our home and native land. Whose home is this? To those Castros? Smiths? Kenny's? Travis Tapes? Or those other pathological liars, snakes, scorpions, and vipers, as I call them? You know, I have been talking lately about why I hate politics, because you're always surrounded by snakes and vipers and scorpions. So I'm thinking to myself, what I need is the biggest rubber boots that I can find to protect my heels from bites. So if you know anyone, if you know anyone that uh, actually knows someone. Oh Canada, our home and native land, through patriot love in all thy son's command. With glowing hearts we see thee rise the true north strong and free from far and wide of canada we stand on guard for thee you see here is the thing we are to stand on guard for thee that is our job for the sake of our children god keep our land glorious and free who is responsible we are responsible to stand up for what's rightfully ours and when we do god will keep our land glorious and free not trudeau not kenny not smith or canada or canada we stand on guard for thee or canada where pines and maples grow great prairies spread and lordly lordly rivers flow how dear to us thy broad domain from east to western sea. The land of hope for all who toil. See, this is the land of hope. Our forefathers came here for what? For hope, not for misery, not for despair, not for fentanyl, not for suicide. But this is and was always to be a land of hope. The true north, strong and free. O Canada, beneath thy shining skies, my stalwart sons and gentle maidens rise. It's our time to rise up. No more excuses. No more saying, I gotta settle for the lesser of two evils. No more revolving door of voting for the same snakes just because they're a little bit less poisonous we have to start doing what's right and what's right is voting for the right type of people people that will serve you not own you to keep these steadfast 
through the years, from east to western sea, our own beloved native land. Again, whose land? Our land, our true north, strong and free. Ruler supreme who hears humble prayer. This is not talking about corrupted evil politician or corrupted media, doctors that sold their patients for a paycheck. Or the teachers that stopped teaching our children but now are indoctrinating, polluting our children. Hold our dominion within thy loving care. Help us to find, O oh God, indeed, a lasting, rich reward. As waiting for the better day. You see, my friends, the better day has already arrived. We are here. The Independence Party of Alberta is here. Finally, we have a vehicle. And like I said at the very beginning, maybe it's not the best. Maybe it's not the fastest. But it's a car. It's a vehicle. It's a bus. It will take you there. It will take us there. It's better than walking. Finally, we have a vehicle that can take us straight to the legislature. We ever stand on guard of Canada, we stand on guard for thee. You see, we have to stop doing the same thing that brought us into this mess in the first place. We need something fresh, real, not corrupted. As a builder, I used to build houses and the one thing I learned in construction is this. You cannot build a house on a rotten foundation. As much as painful this is, you have to destroy the foundation and build a new one. That's exactly what is happening to our nation. The foundation is rotten now to the core. Every party that there is, and I don't care which party you're going to name. We got the Alberta party that is hiding as the liberal party. We've got the NDP psychopaths, communists and socialists that are crazy. I. Because I'm doing what I'm doing, I, I wanted to know what the snakes are hiss, hissing. So I did sign up for Notley's tweets. My God, save me. <laughs> this woman is absolutely crazy. She should be locked up somewhere. She's dangerous to herself. Unbelievable. Says, I have a hard time. You know, there was a time during the times of the Caesars that they were putting, they were putting, you know, uh, feathers to puke if they wanted to after a big meal. I mean, you read the tweets of Notley, it works as good as the feather. <laughs> it's horrifying. It's absolutely horrifying how crazy those individuals have become. And I'm asking myself a simple question, how was that possible? In Canada, how did this happen? That such a crazy individual, communist and socialist to the core, end up in such a powerful position. It's crazy. And then you've got the liberal Castro types. I mean, 
Every wicked thing you can think of. I mean, whatever. Whatever you can think that is wicked, there's tempted. And then you've got Judas Iscariot. You've got the very people that we've elected. We gave donations to. We campaigned for them. I did it. I'm guilty as charged. Hoping that maybe they will stand for us. After all, we, the people, voted them in. And look what they have done to us in the past three years. Stabbing us in the back every single time. At every corner. Our friends did that to us. The people that we thought are going to protect us actually betrayed us and started to murder us. Because that's exactly what they're doing right now. The very people that arrested me, the very people that put me in chains, the very people that are indoctrinating our children, the very people that were the biggest hypocrites on earth when they were telling you you cannot see your loved ones parties at the sky palace hypocrisy and their backing power. And somehow Albertans, if I could, without being arrested, oh, how I wish that I could slap you in the face <laughs> just for a fun. Give me five minutes with you, and you will come out straight. Sometimes I'm, I'm having very ungodly thoughts. I confess, I'm just a human. And sometimes I'm thinking to myself, just one punch, Lord. Just one tiny one. I think this punch would fix them. I truly believe that. Shock therapy works. It did in Poland. The shock therapy brought solidarity movement. When millions of people finally started to slap each other in the face, took it to the streets. And the Iron Curtain was broken and Berlin Wall has fallen down. And Europe was liberated. But I'm telling you, it was done the Polish style. We start beating each other up and boom. We were sick and tired of beating each other up. We took it to the streets and we won our country back. Yeah. It works. <laughs> what God has presented us here is an opportunity, if you will, a, a window of opportunity, a party made of the people, by the people, and for the people, for a change. Yeah. And we have not seen this for a very long time. Can you imagine a politician actually working for you? Ah, would that be a day? Try to believe it. I have a hard time to believe that as well. Because what we have seen forever is them kissing your bums during the election time and then spitting at you when they are elected. And we then have fallen for the same thing again, and they give us those beautiful PowerPoint presentations, and they're lying to us with a straight face, and over and over and over. Remember the feather? I'm carrying one right now for political reasons. It's time. You see, the time is now. 
The time is now, Alberta, to take back what's rightfully yours. The federal government is not listening. Actually, the, the federal government hates you. I, I'm sure you know. The federal government doesn't even mention that there is such a pitiful looking land called Alberta. Yeah. Like who would care for something like this? But I say to you, if we take our independence, if we grab our opportunity, we can turn this land into the most prosperous province within the confederation. We can turn this land into a Saudi Arabia of North America. We can work with Americans. We can build a pipe straight to Montana if British Columbia doesn't want to be blessed. If those people don't want to be blessed, I say fine. It's okay. We'll do it with Americans and we will be greatly prosperous. And if the federal government, if the federal government will not, will not take us seriously after we have our referendum on independence, then it's time to tell them, go. See you later. You know, I would say see you later alligator, but they're snakes, so I know. <laughs> see you later snakes. Have a nice trip. I mean, right now with the legalization of heavy drugs, they will for sure have a nice trip. <laughs> if you know what I mean. It looks like every time they open their mouths, they have some nice trips. I'm thinking to myself, dude, do you know even where you are? You know, listening to American politics, every time Biden opens his mouth, I'm thinking like, I think he thinks he's in China. It's so unbelievable. I don't know if you were following the inquiry, in, in Ottawa, I mean, it's, it's pitiful even to watch that. Robert Greene Ingersoll said these powerful words, when the will, the will defies fear, when the will defies fear, when the heart applauds the brain, when duty throws the gauntlet down to fate, when honor scorns to compromise with death, this is heroism. And that's exactly what we need right now in our beloved land. We need men and women to rise up with courage like we have never seen before. It's time for the biggest pride of lions to gather once again. Claiming, proclaiming, prophesying, speaking, if you will, that this is our savannah, not the hyenas playground. You see, in the end of the day, you gotta remember when a lion shows up, even the birds notice. And I'll end with this. I work in Africa and I have been there a number of times and I have friends, powerful friends, amazing friends over there. And Archbishop of Kenya shared this story with me and I shared it yesterday as well. But it's so powerful and touches me every single time because it's a message. And he says, the one time we remember the situation when a lion came out into the city of Nairobi. Nairobi is the capital city of Kenya. And he was walking around the streets and he was roaring, roaring, like there was no tomorrow. And then they noticed that the dogs and the cats were dropping dead all over the place. And it turned out that every single time 
when the lion was roaring, they had a heart attack. I say it's time for the biggest roar of lions in the lands. So all those hyenas and dogs and kitty cats or whatever, you call them snakes, vipers, scorpions, let them all have a heart attack. And I say, let it be one day, clean the landlord so we can take back our beloved Alberta. And I'm telling you, we can do this. We can do this. If every one of you and all the people that claim to be Christians and all the people that claim to be good men and women of this land, if all of us would vote like one voice for something new, there would be no splitting of the votes. We would just take back what's rightfully ours. We would take back our voice and we would take back our land. So be blessed and remember in the end of the day, just because you showed up here, you're already winning. Now spread the word around, go out there and tell your friends and tell your enemies so they can become your friends. That there is a new sheriff in town. Yeah. <laughs> And I have some powerful pistols with me. Be blessed.